a little disclaimer before we get rolling here. You're about to hear some ads. They're all from local entities that want to support the baseball community. A lot of these guys have deep connections. We're players themselves. So if you see having a need for any one of these services, please go patronize these guys. Thank you. We are also brought to you by Washco Strength and Speed, located at 3604 North Peoria Road. There's also a second location in Jacksonville. Jared can be reached at 217-899-3233. I do not think there is a better place to take your youth athlete, specifically a baseball or softball player, than Washco Strength and Speed. Jared was an SHG grad. Um, He went to ISU. He pitched at SCI. He has a certified strength and conditioning specialist, which is the top certification you can get in the game. He is on it with his programming. He stays on new modalities and training methods. Um, He offers summer camps, team training, group training, arm care, velocity work. The proof is really in the pudding when it comes to Jared. All of his athletes get stronger. They get faster. They get more explosive. Um, they're, they're less injury prone. He's cranking out athletes to college. If you really care about your athlete and you want to invest in them, send them to Washco Strength and Speed. We are also brought to you by Body Symmetry, located at 2201 West White Oaks Drive, bodysymmetry.com. More specifically, Chad Marshick, the owner, head trainer. This guy is just amazing on so many levels. He is capable of training anyone from a child to a pro athlete, to just your normal everyday person, to the elderly. Um, and not only is he a trainer, but he is also adept with you know physical therapy, nutrition. Everything is going to be customized to you and what you need. There's a movement analysis when you first come in to address any deficiencies you have. It's all customized. You know, Chad is the most positive, happy guy I've ever been around. Uh, body symmetry will get you right. I would, you know, put my, my faith in Chad and his trainers any day. So go to bodysymmetry.com, get set up. Chad, we appreciate you. Thank you. We are also brought to you by Hurwitz Enterprises. They can be reached at 217-544-4002. Get a hold of them for all your commercial real estate needs. They've been in the best in the business since 1978 around here. I'm talking Joe. I'm talking Mimi. I'm talking Mikey. All working there. This is an absolute baseball family. I love the Hurwitz family. Jake, the older brother, played at Illinois College. Henry played with me at Lincoln Lane Community College, one of my favorite all-time teammates. And Mikey, the youngest, was a stud at the U of I. Again, love this family. Go support them. Thanks, Hurwitz. Today's episode is brought to you by Jason Knadler and the Bank of Springfield. I will be the first to tell you that I am not the most literate person financially, but I do know people, and I know that the Bank of Springfield has invested in a lot of people that I know and trust. They have invested heavily in former local area athletes and baseball players. Off the top of my head, I can think of you know, Jason Knadler, Justin Knadler, Eric Weaver, Tim Wallen, Greg Morantz, Frank Stefano, Murph Mathiot, Ryan Murphy. These are all guys that I know and trust and would have no problems putting my financial future in their hands. And so Bank of Springfield is always involving themselves in local charities and the community and talks about being a family. Um, So if you're going to put your money somewhere, take it to Bank of Springfield. These are guys you can trust. 
little subtleties and the beauty of like each moment and each pitch yeah. and each little ritual and it's the, it's the preparation. Think about remember Nomar Garcia Para. Oh man, how, how many get? times did that guy go and touch his wrist to his gloves? Iconic. Twenty times probably between each pitch. Yeah, iconic. Yeah, well, and that was just his prep. Yeah, well we're already rolling here, buddy. So it's good to do it, man. Long time coming. Long uh, time coming. I want to reiterate that. That's a. It's been a long time coming. <laughs> This is the Post Game Spread Podcast, and uh, my buddy Ryan Aper and I have been speaking about this, talking about this, trying to get it into the universe for well over a year at this point, and we're we're finally rolling, and I thought it was only right to have you on as guest number one, <laughs> and you know, please accept my apologies if I'm uh, awkward or no, man. scrap hey. this up in some ways, I'm, I'm going to be learning, <laughs> you know, best I can, and for me, it's just going to be, I'm going to be asking you about your career and like how that went and all the trials and tribulations along the way and what you learned. And I think there's a ton of interesting stuff in there. And um, just thank you for being here, brother. Yeah, man. Like you, like you said, it's uh, it's been well over a year. We had many names for the podcast. We, so we kind of kick back and forth. <laughs> Post game spread is we the most fitting, I think, because yeah. we're trying to get the all-encompassing the the stories like you said you know talking about the career and everything and where we all are today and and i think that that's going to be the coolest part of of doing this hopefully doing this alongside you as much as i can yeah absolutely. you know yeah but uh you know some of the ideas that we've kicked around have been awesome so if and nothing else this is a pilot run this is a test run for us dude happy to do it yeah absolutely. happy to be here to do it <laughs> i think it's awesome man yeah i totally agree so um if you guys don't know, uh, Ryan Aper was a probably um, went to Lincoln High School and um, Lincoln Land Community College. Was drafted in the sixth rounds by the Marlins in 2013. Had a four four year career, minor league career. Yeah, uh, three three and a half. I three, think we'll what call it call three it. and a half. Yeah. <laughs> okay, three and a half, and uh, we're gonna get right into his whole story. Um, First off, uh, Ryan and I have a kind of a long friendship here that started about 10 years ago. And uh, I first met Ryan, or Aper, I call him Ape, Aper. Um, I was playing independent ball, and I had come back to Lincoln Land to train in the offseason. And uh, Bull graciously has always kind of extended the offer to former players about or letting them come and practice with the team if they're in town to get some reps in. And before I came, he told me, we got a dude basically like this guy is legit he's an outfielder he's got scouts crawling all over the place and uh i remember that first time i showed up in the logger dome lincoln land uh gymnasium and april walks in and i knew he was the dude as soon as he walked in weighing about a, a buck 40 weighing about 145 150 pounds socks falling off my ankles the most confident 140 pounder you've ever met <laughs> but uh you could just tell that he was the guy and how people kind of gravitated towards him and looked at him. And I knew who it was. And uh, and then seeing you in practice and seeing uh, the bazooka of an arm and dropping tanks, and it was um, pretty special to see. I, I could see why there were scouts all over the place. Further down the line, uh, we ended up – I ended up training you as a as a strength coach. Yeah. At the same time, while I was still playing, so I was still trying to play independent ball as well. So I would train Aper, and then we would go hit and throw together, talk about life. And then ever since we've maintained this friendship, we talk about life, we talk about hitting, and um, 
now we actually are tag teaming um, kind of as like a, these guys' personal hitting coaches. The uh, Ethan and Carter Murphy, they're sophomores here in, in the area at Southeast. Look out for them. They can ball. Great kids, too. Yeah. Great, great kids, great family. Yeah. And uh, so we've maintained this friendship, and I, I really think Ryan's story is unique, and I want to get – while I already know a lot of it, uh, we're going to really get in depth with it, and we're, we're going to – He's going to take us on a journey here. So On a journey. On a journey. So my, my side of the story, Okay, yeah. when I first met Blake, I see this absolutely jacked unit walk into the gym, and I think Coach Riggle may have mentioned, like, who you were, what you, know, what you were doing, uh-huh. and uh, that you'd be a good guy to talk to just because you had, like, pro experience and, you know, stuff like that. And like I said, I'm 140 pounds. I see this yoked baseball <laughs> player. I'm like, I got to get in with that guy. So that was my thing. And then also, like, once you showed up, you know, you were you were great to us. Like, you know, I don't know if we bothered you or whatever, but. I tried my best to stay out of the way because you guys have your chemistry and all that. And like, you know. Yeah, but, we, uh, yeah, we'll get, we'll get into the chemistry for sure. We, we did have the chemistry, no doubt. The Lincoln Land team uh, had some chemistry for sure, man. But no, so when we, we trained together, dude, it was, it was awesome, man. You were a wealth of knowledge, still are a wealth of knowledge. So it was always a mutually beneficial thing, you know, for both of us. So it's, that's what makes this, you know, even cooler to do this with you, to do yeah. episode one. Yeah. I think it's, I think it's sweet. Yeah. I love it, man. You're, you're, you're my brother. Yeah, for sure. Um, if you don't mind, I would love to go like kind of to the start of where baseball started with you. So like, I'm talking like, yeah, is, you know, is, is dad throwing rolled up socks to you? Is this, is this T-ball? Is this, when does it bite you? Can you just tell me how, how it is growing up for you with, with that? Yeah, I was, man, I was just a sports nerd really like. And we grew up in Lincoln, right? Yeah. Lincoln. Yeah. Born and raised in Lincoln, Mm -hmm. just up the road from Springfield. Um, I, I don't know, man. I was like, I was a kid that was like up early before school and I was watching like ESPN. Like I had to catch the sports center highlights sure. of any sport, you yeah. know? So I, I really like basketball. I think every kid likes basketball first, you know? And Lincoln is famous for basketball. Yeah, right. So it was really serious. Like, you know, bitty ball, whatever it was, you know, you were, you were doing it with a purpose of like, you wanted to get to the varsity basketball team. But for me, man, I got to the point <clears throat> like later on probably it was eighth grade going into high school um where I was just like basketball was so serious you couldn't really do anything baseball wise during basketball season was kind of like uh-huh. the unspoken rule and I just at that point man I had just fallen in love with it dude probably I would say you know just like every kid probably eight or nine years old once you uh-huh. first start to develop like your first little bit of strength you can sure. kind of throw the ball around hit the ball yeah. a little bit Man, it was just always – it was always fun to me. It was always so much fun. It was summertime, you know, uh-huh. nothing to look forward to in the wintertime really around here. So you get to get outside with your boys and, you know, beat some kids up on the on the baseball field. It was it was always my first choice as far as I can remember. Um, my dad used to – I remember vividly being, you know, a kid out in the parking lot or the, the driveway, excuse me, my dad would just – we were throwing – he was throwing me BP essentially all the time, Nerf balls, you know, Nerf bats, the whole nine yards. So we were doing it all. We were playing basketball in the wintertime inside. So it was uh, definitely from a young age, no doubt. We're, I mean, I'm talking <clears> – when did you start doing, like, travel ball and that stuff? Um, I think it was – Because it's different now. Yeah, it is different. I, There's, I, like, eight, eight, eight and you yeah, travel eight ball Yeah, eight and you now. travel ball. That's, a, that's a, like, a big deal, too. I got a buddy down in Texas who – 
uh, like they're ranking eight, nine, yeah. ten-year-old teams. Like <laughs> it seems a little ridiculous. But wild to me. Yeah. I don't know. How do you project an eight-year-old? <laughs> this kid's gonna be great at twelve. I'm you know recruiting yeah. him for junior highs, but, but I mean. You you eventually became a world beater. Was it always that way? Were you just killing kids from no, like no. from day one? No, not at all. Honestly, not at all. I mean, I was just like another kid. And I, I think I wasn't like bad, you know. But I, I I don't know that you would look back and be like this kid was a standout from day one. No, it would have been like this guy's a future sixth rounder. No, I don't know. <laughs> I know no. it. I see it. Yeah. No, it. nobody, nobody. But I think I was, you know, I think I was always probably like the upper tier. I would say. Sure. Uh of the teams that I was on. But I know I started travel ball, I think it uh I think it was probably twelve, man. I just did like the the Lincoln Rec League until then. Okay. And w- th- you know, I was doing well and then at that point, like the Lincoln Heat was what it was called. Mm-hmm. You had to try out. And uh Yeah, I, I don't know, man. I'd like the coach ended up being my coach for like three years in the summertime. His name's Jeff Nelson. Okay. And uh his son, Jordan Nelson, if you're from the area. Name sounds familiar. Shooter, man. She could shoot the lights out. Okay. Basketball player. That Went to Evansville. Right. You yeah. know, he was, he was great. Uh, but his dad was my first travel ball coach. And so this, where, like, my baseball, like, where it became, like, my livelihood was probably when travel ball started because mm-hmm. I was, I had people that cared, dude. And that's, like, one thing that I think will stick out the most as we kind of progress, you know, through the years is, like, I just was so lucky and so fortunate to always have people that cared so much. Uh, man, I can't be overstated enough. But yeah. you know, you know, like some having support. You go to these little towns and like, there's coaches that are just kind of there. Yeah, absolutely. and nothing against them. Right. You know, thank you for for holding the fort down so these kids can go play ball. But then, like, there's some places where they like really care. Mm-hmm. They're, they're good people. They're really good people. They're good coaches. You know, they've had success, like, at that grade school or whatever. And that's what you had in this That's coach. what I had, dude. Well, yeah, shout like, out to from, him. from him. And then it goes into, like, my middle – my junior high years at uh, Chester East Lincoln. I had, like, a very long-standing baseball coach, was, you know, very well-respected. Just a great guy, man. Every every coach that I had, literally at every level, was just an awesome dude. When did it occur to you – I want to play pro baseball. Or did that occur way later? Dude, so that was like day one. Like once I really started loving sports, like I always played all the sports. Uh And I'm kind of like contradicting what I just said. Like I I was going to go pro in something, like in my mind. And I never, literally never thought any different. Yeah. From the age of probably eight. Not funny. Same. From second grade. Eight to the last day that I stopped playing pro ball, I was like, that was my, I wasn't going to go sell insurance like i ended up going to do for a while i wasn't gonna work at a a bank i wasn't gonna do any of that like i was a beautiful thing about baseball like you can like latch onto that dream yeah at a young age and you can ride it all the way out through teenager adulthood and some of these guys getting paid 400 500 million dollars to do it to play the game that they love it's play the kids game it's it's beautiful it is it is it does it does grab a hold of you like that you know i feel like for the people that man you know this this podcast is about like our story and stuff and as you're going to find out from everybody else that comes on to this in the future, anybody that's listening, there are some serious baseball lifers out there. Oh my and when you meet them, play with them, you don't forget them. Yeah. Like, there are people that stand out of your mind forever. The shit that they – sorry. 
No, you're fine, man. If, let it rip. If there's going to be some some F's and some shit, <laughs> we can yeah. chop this up. We're the still stuff, deciding how PG or R this is yeah, going to be. The stuff that they <laughs> have said on or around the field or just in the locker room on the bus. Like, I bet you met so many of those people along yeah, the journey, but too. You, too. And yeah. same with literally, like I was saying, every other person that's going to come on here, dude. It's just a long line of people that you don't forget about. Yeah. And you get so lucky, so fortunate, you know, for me, to, and for you as well, and for a lot of people that we're going to talk to. Oh, yeah. So fortunate to be able to go through, like, your, you know, teenage, late teenage, some of us early 20s, some of us into their 30s, 40s. Like, we've got some pretty awesome people that are going to come on here that are now in their, you know, mid thirties, mid forties. Some people grown men. some people that played until they were almost thirty into their thirties. Like yeah. we're gonna hear some stories, you know, and it's it's everybody's gonna sing the same song. Like such a lucky, just awesome thing that we get to do. Like as as people, we get to go play sports and some yeah. of us pick baseball and yeah. I like baseball because the team's huge. You know, football teams are massive, too, but, like, baseball rosters, like, it's pretty big. There's something about the camaraderie of a baseball team, man. Absolutely, man, for sure, for sure. Yeah, they they, they come together and and get grimy in in funny and strange ways. Strange ways, man. (laughs) Lots of weird stuff out there, but, you know, I don't think we'll get too far into that. No, like, some things are forever will be uh, for the locker room, and that's where they're going to stay. Yeah, absolutely. And and they're not for the airwaves, but. (laughs) And I think that's one thing, too, that people are going to like the most about doing this podcast you know what i'm what i'm most excited about being you know like i guess tonight a guest on the show is like dude this is stuff that you kind of just lock up and bury away yeah because you don't want to be that guy like oh, back in 2011 i, I was hitting dude, that i was hitting nukes the best point yeah. you know and so i think it's this is your time yeah this is your time and if 10 people listen to this yeah whatever man like at least it gives somebody an opportunity to really like open up the memory book yeah you know because the the thing in baseball the mantra always turn the page 100 percent. turn the page turn the page yeah turn close the book yeah. whatever yeah. Get, you know get through it whatever it is yeah. so for us to be able to like dust the old memory yeah. book off and, right. and go back through the stuff like i think that's you know where the underlying message and the kind of like the yeah. goal of what we're trying to do is totally. come out i um within the last year i went on a buddy's podcast and did apers listen to it Maybe like five other people have, but uh, it was great though. <laughs> it was great. I went on a buddy's podcast and told my story, and it was incredibly cathartic, and it kind of gave me more steam to want to do this because I think there's just a lot um, of of good life life lessons along the way, and you know, baseball knowledge that can be passed along, and funny stuff, and so um, yeah, I think this is. I can already tell you're you're doing great, and you you seem natural, and. It's just boys vibing here. Yeah, as as will everyone, I think. Yeah, you know, the lead up to it is a little bit like, oh, man, you know, you're kind of like thinking right. back. but Like, I don't want to sound stupid or I don't want to talk about myself too much. Yeah, but, but we're, you know, I'm not going to say we're scripted here, but we're we're well set up, well prepared. Yeah. And, you know, that's how it'll be for everybody. So for anybody that is listening, it's going to it's going to be an easy situation to come into. So Absolutely. All, it's gonna be all positive. I'm not. Yeah. Uh, there's no scandalous media or anything. No, like no, that. no. We're not getting TMZ in here. <laughs> Nothing crazy like that. No, not at all. Um, next up, I oh, so I've seen you throw down some hellacious dunks. So when did your basketball career end? Uh, when I went to high school. And was Alexander still the coach there? Was he done yeah, at that point? Yeah, he's still the coach now, man. Was he like, why are you not playing? <laughs> not really. Uh, I I. I mean, you're a crazy athlete. I grew up. I, I played at the, the rack, man. Like that was my. That was how I maintained athleticism. I think for like baseball, seriously, because mm-hmm. I would, dude. I would get after it. Like I would go. 
I have some of my best memories from high school come from going to the Lincoln Rec Center, mm-hmm. playing with a bunch of the yeah. kids from Lincoln College. Fun to uh, stay in shape. Like yeah, that. man. And, and yeah. plus, like, I I love basketball, dude. I just yeah. didn't want to commit to it like that. Right. I would, dude, if basketball was show up, you know, Wednesday nights at 530 <laughs> and hoop for a couple hours and then right. go play in front of Roy, yeah. you know, the gym in Lincoln is Roy S. Anderson. Okay. And, it, dude, it filled up. Like, it was a cool environment, but I missed that. You know, I sure. wish – there. part of me wishes that I would have played, but, you know, I was just – in my mind, I was like, dude, I'm going to play baseball. Yeah. By that, that point it. in high school when I made the decision, because I played – you know, I played football. Like, I was, you know, quarterback. Yeah. I was playing, you know, like point guard, whatever, on the basketball team. And I was doing, like, AAU basketball. So, it was, like, serious, you know. Yeah. And I had this this group of kids in Lincoln, man. Where we grew up, did everything together. And there was we went to we ended up, you know, most of us going to different junior highs. But we did travel basketball together. We did summer baseball together, mm-hmm. dude. We, and we were good. Like we were kicking ass. We were good at basketball and baseball. Some yeah. of us went and played football. The ones that did, like we did, we did good. We sucked yeah. as a team, but like individually, we were all right. Yeah. But. By the time I got to high school, and I don't really recall it being, like, an influence from, like, my parents. Because my parents were just, like, you know, so over, like, incredibly supportive of whatever I did. That's awesome. So, that was, like, the coolest thing for me, too, my whole life. It wasn't, I had no, literally no pressure to do anything or be anything except for, like, what I wanted to do. They supported and that goal, that dream. Dude, yeah. yeah. And, I mean... I mean, like, I, I imagine you got to play summer ball, like travel ball, and like yeah, you didn't have to worry so about lucky, having man. to work and stuff like that. Or did you? I, man, my I, I never even had a, a job. My, my parents afforded me the same luxury. Right. Like through high school, man, yeah. My you know, a lot of my buddies were going to work, do whatever. Right. Playing ball. I'm playing ball. Yeah, like, I'm, I'm, trying my, to, I'm trying I'm to get in a scholarship. Gym. I'm trying to get drafted. I'm in the gym. Yeah. I'm working out. I'm yep. running. I'm doing mm-hmm. sprints. Yeah. I'm hitting. I'm throwing. Like, I mean, I was. And if I wasn't doing that, they would have made me go the other route, but like yeah, they never right. had to push me. My yeah. dad, my mom, they were never like, "Hey, you know, maybe you should train a little bit for baseball." I was yeah. like uh, coming home, hands bleeding, like freshman year of high school. Because like, I think if you're a parent and you're having to do that for your kid, your kid yeah. doesn't have that drive. Like yeah, that, man. You know? I mean, you, you can't be pushing your kid to want to practice yeah. and do that. You know, it was cool. I just actually ran into uh, a guy here in uh, Springfield. I I had worked with his son when his son was young. Uh, and I, and I hadn't seen this guy in a while and I ran into him and I was like, Hey man, like, how are you? How the kids doing? He's like, yeah, good. And I said, uh, you know, how's your son doing with ball? And he's like, Oh, he's not playing anymore. And he was so cool about it. He was like, it wasn't like, Oh, you know, I, I tried to talk him into it. He was yeah. just so cool about it. Yeah. And I, you know, that's, that would have been my parents too. So like, yeah. I just, my, my story, my basis, like everything that ever happened to me like there was such a long line of just luck, good fortune, you need awesome people around me, dude. Man, yeah. you do need that mixture, I think, to make it in baseball. Luck, talent, support. Luck for sure, dude. Right? Ta- I mean, right talent, place, obviously. Right sure, yeah. Talent, obviously, but. But we've both known guys wildly talented that didn't didn't work out. Yeah, dude. A lot it's, more to it. A lot more to that secret sauce, right? Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, I, we'll get into it also, but confidence man like that's the one thing that i saw and this you know i'm kind of going and skipping a few pages here yeah but in pro ball that'll be a, a topic yeah it's just the confidence you know luck skill confidence yeah that was the three that was the three i don't know if there's anything more important in baseball than like confidence and believing in yourself yeah and you that's know? you know part of what we're doing here is like how does baseball kind of tie into who you are today and yeah 
you know, obviously you've got to grow up. You've got to learn the line between like sports confidence and then just like kind of being a rude person, you know, like <laughs> yes. you've got to be able to separate the two, obviously. And right. I, but we I, I talking think about that. <laughs> I think sports create that for you. I think yeah. sports put these kids, you know, I know for me, for sure, in, in situations where they got to figure out how to turn it off and turn it on. Yeah. Like that game time, yeah. you know, you can be a different breed. It's okay. Absolutely. You need go to go be a weirdo if you want to be a weirdo. <laughs> but, you know, when you get off the field, maybe don't be as weird. Shut it down. Yeah. 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 I actually struggled with that when I was younger. I would try to get into this mode when I played of like, I'm better than everyone. Like, I'm the best. I mean, like, it was like pumping myself up. But sometimes I would leave the field and believe that for a little bit, too, yeah. and then get humbled eventually. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. I think everybody, including myself for sure, is going to tell you the same. Yeah. I think when you're a young kid, man, and you're good at anything, and you're, like, recognized for being good at anything. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It does weird things for the brain, man. It's well a pretty said, exhilarating buddy. feeling. Well you know? said. Yeah. From a town of, you know, 10,000 where I came from, dude. Yeah. I mean, I tr I wasn't like, hey, you guys see me on the front page of the newspaper, front page of the sports section, like. But you're there. Yeah, I got the articles hung up in my house. Right. You know, my dad was super big on that, and probably, dude, I could probably go pull out every single one of them. My dad probably cool. still has them, and it, it wasn't. I I think maybe my brain. I was just lucky the way that my brain was wired. But like throughout that whole process, from from when I started to become a little bit better than everybody, you know, or just just good consistently good as a kid yeah whereas other kids would struggle and have up and down like i had one summer when i was probably 12 dude i think i hit like 600 on the summer 700 on the summer it was like otherworldly numbers but like myself and like three other kids just Wait, are we talking about little league Link or your yeah, second lincoln, year lincoln, lincoln heat land? lincoln heat <laughs> that too we'll get to that yeah we'll get to that no <laughs> i always tried to use success as a motivator i never yeah. use i never wanted success to be and like I said, I think I just got lucky and that that's, this is the way my brain was wired. I was never satisfied, like, and that ended up driving me, like, yeah. almost crazy, Right, dude. it can be good and bad, right? It almost, drives you forward, but you're never happy. It messed me up for, like, a few years after baseball. Like, after I got done, that's like, deep. there was a one or two year stretch, and we'll get into, like, life and where I was at after baseball, sure. but... It's the first decom like decompression you've ever had if you take it as seriously as I took it, yeah. as as you took it, and yeah, as everybody absolutely. else that takes yeah, it because I totally you get love you 100%. it, you yeah. love it. Like yeah. I, for those that don't know me, I have multiple tattoos of baseball on my body. Yeah, uh, I was I always joke with people I was selling my soul to the game. I love it. So I just got these, you know, I got laces on my wrists and I got an actual like baseball out of my chest. I've got a baseball title on my back that says Swing from the Soul. <laughs> soul Brothers, buddy. Soul Brothers. Yeah. yeah. I was just so heavily invested in what I was doing, man. I just always. got to be, right? I just always wanted to be so good, dude. Yeah. Like, I, that's that's all I wanted. And it wasn't, you know, I was just talking about it being tough to not let, you know, the front page of the sports section get to your head. Yeah. Take that away and it. You know, because I it wasn't like my freshman year when I'm literally on the freshman team. Like I wasn't the freshman star playing varsity. Okay, yeah, We're, yeah, let's get there. I was yeah. on the the freshman team. Yeah. I was like sneaking in some JVABs, ended up yeah. becoming like a JV starter. My head coach of high school like knew me as a kid, so he knew that I like loved baseball. Mm -hmm. So he was like, I think, kind of trying to find ways to get me opportunities. Yeah, and snuck me into a few varsity games. Like I probably got no hits. Yeah. Played some good two bagger. Like I don't. I didn't even play second base. Really? Like, 
stuck me at second base <laughs> just to get me on the field. Yeah, Figured yeah. Out, I mean, I got some like you know grounders in practice, <laughs> but wasn't really a two bagger um, that often. But no, man, it was uh, just a decision that I guess I yeah. I made as a kid. Like this was sports was going to be it. I get to high school and it's like, well, I don't want to get killed playing football. Yeah, because the football team was not very good, dude. We were pretty bad. Lincoln is not known for good football. Pretty bad. Hey, <laughs> shout out to the rail splitters. Huck it, chuck it, football. I want to say shout out to the rail splitter football because I always love playing you guys and getting my stats up. Hey, man. <laughs> you got a lot of you got a lot of corn fed kids on that team that tried hard. Hey, you guys are awesome at basketball. Though. We loved them for it. Yeah, we could shoot the lights out. Uh, but by, yeah, by the time I got to high school, I had just made that decision that baseball was going to be it, and I was, I was all in, dude. Never thought anything different yeah. ever, and I and I am not kidding when I say that. Yeah, I it was it. like yeah. baseball through and through till I, I think die. That's the story of a lot of guys, they, yeah, they, they they fall in love with it early, and then it's just the path until yeah. eventually that jersey is taken away from you. Yep. I mean, and dude, that- I grew up watching. I'm a Cubs fan. Uh, grew up, you know, watching the Cubs, watching Sammy Sosa in '98, yeah. like. Watching Mark McGuire oh, in '98, what, 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 what a magical time! Yeah, incredible, man. My, you know, I think I was lucky too, cause like my 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 dad liked baseball, mm-hmm. you know, so he liked sports. Did he play? I mean, like my dad was a wrestler, man. Where's all this athleticism come from? <sighs> it's weird. It really is. You mom know? or dad? Nobody I gotta, was like. I got a. My mom was a good. At, I mean, both my parents are, you know, out athletically built. Mm-hmm. athletic my mom was an athlete in high school and nobody played college or pro I, anything or no my mom was from a town of like maybe a couple hundred people graduated with like 20 people in her class okay and so i'm gonna plug my mom here real quick she actually still to this day i'm gonna mess this up it's either long jump or high jump i think yeah those are different. she holds a record <laughs> those are vastly different mom i'm sorry she holds a record and will always hold a record at hartsburg we're gonna school. give you credit for both yeah at Hartsburg Edmond High School, she's a record holder forever because she their high school got rid of girls track well, after her. You know, I believe it. I've seen you spring <laughs> and jump and dunk, and I uh, believe my dad, it. My dad's an athletically built guy, too. My dad, you know, was very big into weightlifting. Uh, I, I grew that. up going to the Lincoln Rec Center with my dad. would be in working out. I'd be shooting hoops. Mm-hmm. They had, like, a rock climbing thing there for a few years, but my main thing was, you know, shooting hoops. But, I mean, that was, you know – big for me as well as a kid was my dad was always in the gym you know working out which yeah. was awesome and so i was there at the gym you know on the weekends and stuff and shooting hoops be just just you know doing athletic stuff doing something with sports yeah absolutely um when did you get into travel ball with the um with like you were coached by henry herwitz and nick beard uh, Henry Hurwitz and Nick Beard, uh, former teammates of mine at Lincoln Land, amazing guys. The Hurwitz family is amazing. Beardo is now a uh, very accomplished coach out in Williamsville and just really doing his thing. Shout out to both you guys. Great dudes. Definitely. Yeah, awesome dudes. So after I played Lincoln Heat for two years, I believe, mm-hmm. two or three years, um, and was approached by the coach, so I'm I'm kind of going to segue here. How did we got to Hank and Beardo? Hank is Henry Hurwitz. Yeah. Beardo is yep. Nick Beard. Um, how I got to that? So I I was kind of like recruited a little bit, I guess. The Springfield Pride at the time. Yeah, uh, I played for Frank, the Pride. Frank Kolovic. Yeah. Um, again, just like the second or third guy that I was fortunate enough that cared a lot. I was very lucky to have a guy like Frank Kolovic, who I think we played a Lincoln Heat baseball tournament. The Pride came down. Myself and Jordan Nelson, who I mentioned his dad was my first travel ball coach. 
um, we got invited to come try out for the Pride. Yeah. Uh, so Jordan and I hopped in. Uh, You've been eighth grade. This, this was seventh, seventh grade. Okay. Um, seventh, yeah, seventh grade was the first year he tried out, and uh, Jordan actually decided not to go. Like he didn't want to be on the team because I think he was going to play basketball. Uh, but I stayed on the team, and I remember, man, and this is big for me because, not to say that I wouldn't have gotten, you know, maybe things would have still panned out, but like this, this decision I feel like that I made was like ended up being maybe a little bit career altering. I mean, it was life altering for sure because the people that I ended up meeting Left from right this turn. team. Right, man. And yeah, I'm, buddy. you know, 12 years old, 13 Forever years different. old. I'm like, you know, my, my dad's like, hey, man, like, this is a good team. It's not in Lincoln. You're going to go travel. You're going to go play and, you know, better better teams. And I'm, I was an anxious kid, man. I was a very anxious kid. Uh, and I, I was freaking out. I'm like, dad, I don't know, man. Yeah, big life decisions. These are my boys. Around. These are my buddies. Like, right. these are my, my guys I've grown up with. Yeah. And he's like, you know, let's just go. Let's check it out. I, well, anyway, long story short, I made the team. Um and we played for Frank for two years, Frank Holovic for two years. And then, so that would have been my seventh grade summer, my eighth grade summer. Um, after that year, so my would have been my freshman summer, going into sophomore year, we switched to the Midwest Stallions. Pause real quick. That seventh and eighth grade, those years, are you like the dude yet? Are you kind of just one of the dudes? Or are you like in the middle? In Lincoln... I mean, me and Jordan Nelson definitely, uh, you know, we had, dude, we were a good group, man. It was weird. Like, I really didn't understand how I was picked. And that's another feeling that I had, like, many, many times in my baseball career was, like, I didn't understand, like, why I was getting picked. Because I didn't feel like I was head and shoulders above any of these other dudes on my team. Interesting. I mean, I had stats that were that were good, you know, and I, could, yeah. I, was, I was pretty pretty quick, I guess. I always yeah. had, like, a pretty good arm. Um, for my age or whatever, but it was nothing where you'd walk and be like, wow, that 12-year-old, like, is throwing, like, gas, you know? You eventually did. Yeah. <laughs> well, like, yeah, I grew into that. So this decision, though, man, was was big for me because, you know, maybe I stay in Lincoln. Maybe I I don't get exposure yeah. to the talent that I played yeah. that I end up – because, dude, we played some incredible baseball teams yeah. at and young that, ages. Yeah, and once you start playing those good teams and you stack up against them, it, like, really you, gets you, your mind. You you're chase like, it. You're like, wait a second, I'm You good. chase it. Yeah. I mean, we chase or it, Or I can dude. do this for real. We chase that feeling of, like, mm-hmm. we want to be that team. When you leave, you're like, whoa. <laughs> like, that team was way better than us. And we all just bought in, dude. Yeah. Um. So, yeah. Okay, uh, so Stallions? Stallions? Midwest Stallions, Midwest man. Stallions. Yeah. This is Hen and Beardos. Hen and Beardo, yep. Coaching yep. you guys. And, again, I have to point this out. Every, every time we advance another level, two guys that just cared a lot. These were two dudes. Hank and Beardo were giving flowers. Dude, they were they were huge for us, man. Yeah. Hank and Beardo, and Frank was too. Like I don't want to take anything away from Frank because Frank was Frank was the man. He was he had no kids on the team. He really? had no skin in the game. Really, just coaching. Dude, for the just love wanted of the game. to coach a good group wow, of kids. That's commendable. He went out and assembled so cool. this team, and so he Frank ended up having kids himself. In totally respectable move. Stepped away from from coaching at that serious of a level, yeah. I think, for a few years, mm-hmm. and then you know now I think still to this day I think he coaches. His kids are older now, so maybe he doesn't. But yeah, coach at a, just at, love the game, love the game, man. Hank and Beardo mm-hmm. did it because they love the game. And like you said, Beardo that. is a now a a, a very polished um, high school coach. He's got accolades. He was destined to be a coach from the time he was 10 years old. Like this guy has always been like angles and smart and like thinking ahead of people and. Yeah, shout out to Beardo. 
And Henry would do the same. I mean, oh, if yeah. Henry wanted to be a coach, he would do the same. Absolutely. Yeah. But they were such a good mix, man. And so I bet they were fun to play for. Dude. <laughs> when you when you talk about like the summers of like the summer of your life. Yeah. I had the best times, dude. We had the best team, the best yeah. parents. We had the best two coaches, like some beard, some Hank jokes, man. Oh, still tell them to this day. They're both hilarious. Won't, won't drop them on here, but there's some Henry jokes that I still joke about with kids that played on that team anytime who, I see them. Who were some of the, the dudes on that team? Because I know you guys had some talent. Man, on that we team. were stacked, dude. Let's go. And so I was def I was going to get into that because why my Lincoln Land years were so awesome was because it was my Midwest Stallions team. Really? Dude, we, we would roll into tournaments. 12 kids deep and absolutely obliterate teams that were flying guys in. I remember you know, Henry. So I actually interviewed uh, Henry bull and, uh, and bull is bull is Ron Riggle too. I forgot to sorry. mention that we, we, we yes. dropped the bull at the very top of the yeah. podcast. That's Ron, Ron Riggle, Riggle, the head baseball coach at Lincoln land and athletic director will only be referred to as bull from here on out. Yeah. Just wanted to, <laughs> just wanted to point him out. Yeah. Yeah. That, Ended up, you know, that group, we, we would have 12 guys, you know, 12 guys on the team. Mm-hmm. We had nine of us. Nine of us went to Lincoln Land together. Wow. One went to U of I. One went to Eastern. Hurwitz. And and Michael Hurwitz went to Caleb. U of I. Bryce Sablotny was a year older than us in school, but same age. Like, he was like the young kid of his grade above us. Went to Carbondale, and then Caleb Howell went to Eastern Illinois. Yeah. Everybody else on the team, everybody. No, excuse me. Yeah. There was 13 of us because one guy went to IC. And I can't remember why he went to IC, but we, I mean, he definitely could have went to Lincoln Land, I'm pretty sure. Mm-hmm. Um, but then after that, literally everybody else went and played ball together at Lincoln Land. Yeah, that's, I can't, that's pretty impressive that a, a, a travel team, every single person goes and plays college baseball afterwards. And that, I mean, I think everybody on that team would say, you know, it was because of Frank Holovic, you know, Nick Beard and, yeah. and Henry Hurwitz. Yeah, multiple uh, D1s, pro. And th- yeah, a lot of us, you know, a lot of guys didn't play after Lincoln Land. Be- they could have, but yeah. a lot of- there were some s- smart kids in that group too. Yeah, I remember. Uh, so when I got a hold of Henry to, or Hank um, to talk about, I just wanted to get a little idea of, you know, he had some stories about April, how that went. But he said he had a unique perspective because he would essentially see you a year apart. You know, he would they would see you for the summer, you'd ball, whatever, but they wouldn't see you again until. The next year, so they were at, they were at SHG in Springfield, and I was I was the only like outlier in in Lincoln, so mm-hmm. we would just come into the CSA, you right. know, play our two games or whatever. But he said there would just be these huge leaps in your in your game, in your maturity, in your body every year, and he kind of said like the first two years, like you were good, like you were in the mix. That was me every year, though. Yeah, but you made a jump, and he's what basically he says like the first couple years, fifteen, sixteen, you were like good. But you weren't like even the top of the order hitter. He said they had you kind of down. In seven, eight, nine. Yeah, yeah, true. Just happy to be there, dude. Yeah. So I'm gonna pause real quick. So like guys out there that aren't where you want to be necessarily, things can get better. Things can change. Just because you're hitting seven, eight, nine now doesn't mean you can't figure something out and be a top of the lineup hitter. But you've got to invest in it. Thousand percent. But so then they said you made a humongous jump from like when you were like seventeen, eighteen, and they. I'll tell you exactly when it was, not to not to interview, but to put an exact time frame on it. It was in between my sophomore and junior year. So I graduate. I graduate. Sorry, I finished my sophomore year. This is this is the best, most accurate numbers that I can that come to mind. I was like five foot eight. After your five sophomore foot year? nine, I go back to school my junior year, 
and I'm like 5'11", six foot tall. Mm-hmm. I go back junior year to senior year. I'm like 5'11", six foot. I'm, I'm six, two and a half, like fully. Yeah. I don't think I got it much taller after that. Yeah, so uh, six, six, three. Yeah, so I mean from my sophomore year, end of my sophomore year, I'm 5'8", five, 5'7". Five, Quite the difference. Now I come back, I'm 5'10", five, 5'11", five, now I'm 6'2". So that was the year that yeah. he's talking about, and that's the year, dude, everything changed. Yeah, he said you started filling out, and um, they said uh, – so let's, first of all, I want to shout out Caleb Howell because Caleb was an absolute baller and great dude, right? One of, the, one of the best the, – uh, to this day, the most consistent left-handed hitter that I ever yeah. saw, and the fact that he never got a shot in pro ball, beyond me. 100%. We put that on record, beyond me. He was – he had some injuries, football, knee stuff that he was like lightning quick. Yeah. Was faster than me. I think he's Eastern's all time hit leader. He's sh- sh- Eastern's all time everything. Yeah. I mean, he's the, like the all time guy, yeah. literally. Yeah. Caleb Howell was a, one of the best people I've ever met. Shout Great family. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. But they said, uh, but Henry said that, you know, Caleb was like their center fielder. Like they're, I don't know. He was the man. What? Caleb was the man. Yeah. Caleb was the man. But then they said that you, you know, grew so much as a player that they had to move him. They had to move him because you could go get everything. And uh, they said they had to move him to left or right. I don't remember. But to, to move a guy that was going to become a center fielder in Division One off of his position because you're balling says a lot. And um, and they said how how fluid you were becoming, how strong your movements were. And Henry mentioned some sort of a swing change, but I don't know if it was conscious, but he said all of a sudden you started levering, leveraging the ball and, like, dropping tanks and then you guys would be going to you know these big world series like Kaba with your 12 man crew and these guys are crew. these guys are flying in people we from all over the country that and you were right series. in the mix like hanging and beating people and they said Nuts. um that you were just separating yourself from the best kids in the country like there was a throw they said one game from deep center field in an elimination game do you know what I'm talking about I have, a, I have a picture of it. He's smiling over here. <laughs> I have he knows a what I'm talking throw, about. Yeah. yeah, he's smiling. And uh he said Hen or Henry said him and Beardo looked at each other afterwards and were just like in awe. And then they were like, This guy's gonna get drafted. Like they knew right then. And then I think later in that game or the game later you hit a bomb to win the game or something like that. You just had a tournament. Yeah, it was a Cabo World Series. That was the the series that changed my life. It changed my perspective on myself. Yeah. Changed my perspective on what I could actually do with the game of baseball because we were absolutely mopping the floor with kids that were the best competition in the committed country. to Miami, Florida. I remember this one kid specifically, Mario Armoral, went to Florida State, was committed to Florida State when we played him. Another the shortstop on the team, don't remember his name, was committed to Miami, Florida. I mean, dude, we were playing teams that were stacked. Yeah. And we were – we, I – we're killing these kids. We were killing them, dude. We lost our first game of the double elimination. This story's crazy. Yeah. So we go to Cleveland, Ohio. We lose the first game of a double elimination. We drive all the way up there. We get beat the first game. Mm-hmm. We're like, shit, dude. We might be going home tomorrow. We win like nine straight in sure. like five days, four days with 12 guys. Man. May have been like seven. I don't want to over-exaggerate it. Are you pitching at this point? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we win like seven, eight, nine games straight, get to the national championship, the Cabo World Series game, yeah. and lose by like three runs because we were just gassed. Yeah, nothing left of that but little tiny roster. torched them, dude. Yeah. I mean, I, I think there was like four or five of us that were like the all-tournament team. Mm-hmm. Like there were some like higher honors yeah. that myself and maybe two or three other guys got. 
It was nuts, man. So this is when you really start believing in yourself. A hundred thousand percent. I can do this. Like I am it special. It wasn't even like I could. It was like I'm. I'm definitely doing. This. I am doing. Yeah, it. everything that I ever thought from the age of like whatever till now yeah. at sixteen, seventeen, like yeah, yeah. To go stack yourself up against the best and to dominate. Yeah, yeah. It's got to leave you feeling a certain kind of way. Yeah, man. Just you know, empowered more than anything. Was this the summer? What summer was this? Going into my senior year. Okay. Junior, in between junior, so big, big summer. Yeah, huge. I mean, from in that day and age, like we weren't getting. If you were signing as a freshman, you were a dog. Mm-hmm. Now, nowadays, I mean, kids are signing freshman, sophomore year, high school, like pretty really? routinely. Yeah, dude, really? it's like the, the thing. Yeah, they're well, signing to these big schools early. Yeah, recruiting's so crazy now. And like, yeah, you you can get all of your tape out and information yeah. out way different than it was. Uh, so, at but least for me, that summer was huge because that junior year, like, that's when you. You were supposed to know going into your senior year. What you were doing? Yeah, you were supposed to know. Like you Back up real quick. How did your sophomore year go at Lincoln? I played varsity full-time. Yeah, I was, I was full-time. I played all over the field. I, I mean, I think I hit maybe like 280, 300. But, okay. I, again, I'm still 5'8", 5'7", yeah, like still 110 pounds, dude. Yeah. Hadn't even touched puberty yet. Liter- yeah. I mean, legitimately. Like, had no hair under my arms, like nothing, dude. No shit. Yeah, bro, it was wild. <laughs> I mean, I maybe had like a little bit. Yeah, yeah maybe had like hair, a little bit. Couple, a little yeah, yeah, like I could count them. <laughs> and then you know, in between that that junior year, like coming back junior year, is totally different. Man, okay. totally different. Yeah, body matured, got some more more confidence, started beating up on competition. Yeah, so how, how'd that junior year go then? I I did really well. You I like did really. Well. I mean, we're like all CSA. I, I hit like four, you know, above four hundred. Okay, I didn't hit many bombs, but. Stealing a bunch of bags? Are you fast yeah, at this yeah. point? Is your speed? I mean, I was around? hitting extra bases, dude. I mean, I hit some bombs for sure. Um, you know, stole bases. But I was playing great center field. Okay, so that you're was, center fielder at this point. Yeah, yeah, that was one thing. So my sophomore year, I mean, in the summertime, I always played center field. Okay. You know, you know, junior high, you're if you're the better, you're probably playing shortstop. Short, yeah. yeah, I played shortstop in junior yep. high. But you know, all the time in the summer, I was playing center field. Um, so then, you know, sophomore year. Still, you know, little guy, good enough to get on the varsity yeah. team. You know, made some good plays like late uh, down the stretch. That kind of helped me grow up a little bit too. Yeah. Um, but I was playing like second base on occasion, right field, just kind of out of the way. It's that junior year. Yeah, man, junior year. Yeah, dude, I was. I always had like weird injuries though because I think I was growing so much. Sure. I always had like so really like weird, yeah. yeah. Like I had some low back stuff going on. I can't remember if it was my junior, definitely my senior year, dude. There was a like a week stretch where I was hitting like left-handed my senior year of high school, what? or like trying to contemplating it. Yeah, I think one game I play, I, I played first your back base. Was hurting so bad? I couldn't move, man. It's crazy. I couldn't move. My back was messed up bad. Um, but I there was one thing that really changed for me like sophomore year too was, um, man, Josh Baker was his name um was a was a coach for us at lincoln high school i was having rhomboid issues really? so rhomboid is the muscle right up against your spine like mm-hmm. underneath your your lat kind of like yeah. rubbing right up next to the spine so i had a really weird throwing motion and it was because like i just wanted to throw hard so i was digging in anywhere i could get it mm-hmm. and i was my arm swing was real like i don't even know how to describe it like diagonal like i was i was tucking my arm you get caught like, way behind you caught way behind yeah. me yeah so this guy josh baker was like dude you got to fix that so i i worked all winter on freeing up i was up against the wall all winter long and then dude the ball really started coming out of my hand really like pretty well and then that junior year 
like the ball is really starting to yeah. like I'm I'm doing a really good long toss program in the summertime. You're a long toss fan, aren't you? Big, big, big. Yeah. I mean, it dude, it it worked for me. I went take out. notes, cats, young guys coming it, up. It worked for me. I mean, yeah. same. It, I'm, it, I'm a long toss fan as it well. It put me from being just a guy in the outfield to like don't don't run on this guy. Yeah, and like he's gonna be he can't like really pump himself up here, so I will. But the best arm that I've ever seen in baseball was you, <laughs> and I've seen some dudes with some bazookas. We'll get. I, I want to save some of the like the, the the numbers on your arm for a little later because I think that's yeah. that's a fun part of some stories <laughs> later because they're like, well, what? When yeah. you hear those numbers, but yeah. I was thinking the same thing. Yeah, absolutely, bananas arm. So that's when the, the arm strength really started being like, oh, dude, okay. that's my junior year was when literally everything changed for yeah. me. Are you you're, are you on the mound? Yeah. What do you throw I mean, on I was, the mound, dude? I I, the, I think it was my junior year. It was my junior year. I broke the single season wins record at Lincoln. Really? Yeah. I mean, okay. I was throwing probably low to mid eighties. Yeah. As a as a junior on sure. the mound, yeah. you know, at that time that's humming it. Now it's like that's every other guy. Isn't but that funny. Yeah. It is funny, man. <laughs> Evolution's weird. I think it's great. <laughs> Nobody was throwing ninety six in high. I mean, if you did, like, there yeah. was one kid from Mount Zion that was like ninety four, ninety six that got popped in like the twelfth round. Well, uh, uh, small world. Your boss. Yeah, Billy Clayton. Man. Billy Clayton. Who Chad. I would love to get on at some point. I don't know, but uh, fuzz, man. Billy was throwing mid nineties in the in the late nineties. Heard a lot of people say that about Bill. And it was like, it was crazy yeah. looking. Yeah. So. Yeah, I know. Um, an anomaly. He, and yeah, we will hopefully get him on here. But I know he had you know arm issues late, which you know another part of my story. I had like weird like naggy injuries. Mm-hmm. Dude, I got out of playing baseball from the ages of eight, probably no, let's say five or six to. 23 unscathed bro yeah no cuts on me yeah no surgeries yeah i i almost had to have tj one year i met you know a doctor here in town that that saved my junior year i was throwing harder i wanted to get everything out of it i was trying to throw a cutter i'll never forget the feeling dude i threw a cutter in a game about 34 feet and i had about a half size golf ball in my elbow really within an hour Oh, and I had thought it was the extension, sure. the ability of my arm to extend. I can still put it in that position because I'll never forget it. I can, you know, imagine yourself being able to straighten your left arm out fully. Yeah. I don't even know what this angle is. Do you, are you good with angles? What do you put this angle at right here? <laughs> oh. Not straight. <laughs> yeah, no. At, at 16 all. years old, I threw a ball. hurt. 40 degrees. Heard it, felt it pop, and I'm like, dude, I'm done. Like, the ball went nowhere. I just had that dead arm feeling. Went to this guy. This was like, thankfully, it was at the end of the summer, pretty much. Mm-hmm. My sophomore, junior year, summer. Uh, anyways, I th- it was one of those two. But almost, man, yeah, almost had to get TJ. But seriously, I, I was so lucky because I never had to get any crazy Did surgery. Did they like, specify what the what it was? It was definitely inflamed UCL for sure. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I had like X-rays and all that stuff done. And, all right. When did you start getting recruited? Well, and I had like, my I had my first offer actually, uh, my sophomore year of high school to Lincoln College. The coach okay. at the time, and this is my sophomore year, so I'm a little guy at this point. Uh-huh. Still, offered me a full scholarship. I mean, Lincoln Links is that right? Lincoln Links? Yeah, yeah, which is no longer school, but that was my first. And I think it was more of just like a this is a a Lincoln guy. Sure. Loves the game. Like this yeah. is somebody we would want to have. I yeah. think it was more out of that. The guy saw me at we had a. 
a hitting facility in Lincoln called the Hitting House, and you had, you know pay like your weekly dues. So that you're you know I do I live there. Yeah, live there. Sure. I mean, if it, and again, long line of just just super fortunate man. Like whoever built that, I can't remember who it was. Didn't have to do that. Didn't sure. have to go yeah. and create this place where kids yeah. could come in and hit whatever they wanted. And they did in Lincoln, Illinois, and I was lucky. There are awesome guys out there that love the game and want to give back like that. Yeah, dude. I mean, it's stuff like that. You just never know what you're doing. You never know how, you know, what you're doing for an 8, 9, 10, 11-year-old kid. If if that is not around, does that ever ever change the trajectory of your career? Yeah, it's crazy. Um, All right, Lincoln Links. Yeah, that was my first offer. Uh, I didn't even consider it, if I'm being totally honest. I appreciated it. It was cool. This guy was like, hey, mom, dad. Somebody wants me. Yeah. It was motivating for sure. Um, but you already had it in your head that you were. Yeah, I mean, you know, that age, you're like, sure. dude, I'm going to North Carolina. Like, you <laughs> right. know, like Lincoln College. I'm going to Florida State. I, I thought I was going to Florida State. Yeah, coming up and too. it's oh, like, I'm well, bud, pump the brakes a little bit. <laughs> Same conference, just down the road a little bit. That's where I ended up. So I actually didn't turn out to be that much cooler than Lincoln College anyway. Um, so then, uh, you know, my junior year. Started getting some feel from, you know, JUCOs. What you know, JUCOs? Lincoln Land, Heartland, Parkland. Mm-hmm. I mean, every of the MWAC, every one of them pretty much. Mm-hmm. I wrote off all of them. You know, Heartland was good at the time. Parkland was good at the time. And that's – I got a whole other story about Parkland. All right. Um, But uh, I had – dude, I had no D1 looks. Really? Zero. Nothing. So Your junior year? Yeah. Okay. Um, so after that summer going into my senior year, like I – think i started to pop up on some radars mm-hmm. uh yeah if you, if you perform like that in some big tournaments i imagine i would hope yeah so then i you know i got you know a couple calls from see i gotta remember i gotta remember the timeline because high school man is pretty dead but it kind of like you know mixes together with lincoln land yeah um so i gotta just kind of try and separate what school is calling when um but it wasn't much man in high school once i i had already your senior year so that's when it actually started to pick up a little bit. Okay. Um, I basically, man, this is, you know, we talked about Caleb Howell. Mm-hmm. Caleb and I were both invited, just us two, to a, like, a showcase camp for them, you know? For who? Eastern. Okay. Um, and it was really, it was me or Caleb, honestly. Really? And they gave Caleb the scholarship. I oh, totally shit. understood it. Caleb was great. I took it, but it, that's you know, crazy. it irked me a little bit because I'm like, Dude, take money away from somebody else and get us both. Like, what are you doing? <laughs> I would have gone anywhere with Caleb Powell. I'd run through a brick wall with Caleb Powell. He's an awesome guy. And if people don't know out there, uh, Division One rosters have 11.7 scholarships to spread through a 20, 30-man roster. So it is difficult to spread that money around. And Even harder uh, to get a full scholarship. Oh, yeah. Let's I just mean, make that an emphasis. That coach is in love with you. He thinks you're going to be a first-round pick. He thinks you're something special, very special. That's a ton of money to throw at one person. Yeah. You've got such a roster to fill out. Okay, so, so I get you know Eastern. We go there. That was like you know my first really and only sniff from a D one. Mm-hmm. Um, I I shouldn't say that. So after I committed to Lincoln Land, um, Carbondale reached out pretty seriously, and they actually ended up offering me. And at the time, there was a kid from Lincoln that was down there, Wes Nice, who was playing on the team. My stepbrother, at the time, was like going to school there, so it was kind of like. Yeah, this could be this could be cool. Mm-hmm. I went down, you know, I got a got an offer, and it was late. It was my senior year, like the fall, visit. my fall. Yeah, I went was on it, a visit. Was, who's a, was it? Coach Cal still, or was he alive? Yeah. He passed away at this point. Man, I, I think remember. he was still there, dude. Or it was like the first year at Hindu. Okay. Dan, Dan Henderson. 
I believe is his right. name. So PJ Finnegan would have been PJ an assistant. PJ Finnegan was the assistant yeah. for sure. Great guy. Um, Shout out but PJ. But they brought me down. I had like committed to Lincoln Land. Oh, you'd already committed. I committed, yeah. Okay. Uh, and they brought me down and offered me it was like maybe like 30% or something yeah. like that. Mm-hmm. You know, it was cool. I appreciated it. It was a D1 offer. Uh, didn't jump at it. You weren't like, I have to take this. No. Because it's D1. Well, and I had, you know, with the guys that I was uh, I was with in the summertime, like I said, dude, nine of uh, the 12 or 13 of us went to Lincoln Land. So so, were, so part of that part of your decision to come to Lincoln Land was because of this group of guys. Dude, my decision to go to Lincoln Land was that group wow. of guys. Interesting. And, and I, in a minute, I'll, I'll you know, kind of touch base on that again. Sure. But, uh, you know, I and then I, I had an offer from Quincy, and I'll never forget this. I won't say the guy's name. Go there with my dad and uh, gives me an 80% offer to go to Quincy. Phew. And good school. Sure. Is Not, that, are they D2? Yeah. Is that, I think so. Yeah, right. yeah, D2. And I'm sitting there with him, and I'm, I'm just pretty unsure about it because I still at this point, I'm like, dude, I can go I can go bigger than Quincy. Mm-hmm. Nothing against them, but yeah. it's D2. I, if I'm not going D1, I'm not going to go there for four years. Yeah. I knew that in my mind yeah. after talking to enough junior colleges to where I knew, like, if it's not a solid D1, then I don't want it. And the, the guy told me, slammed his hands on the table in front of me and my dad at this table, said this will be the worst decision of your <laughs> worst decision of your life. After you told him no? After I told him no, he said this will be the worst decision of your life. Oh, man. Well. <laughs> and if I could have, dude, if I could have tattooed that on myself – I would have. And he was a really good guy, man. Like, if I saw him today, I think I'd probably still shake his hand. What's up, you know? <laughs> Remember what you said kind of thing? Remember that, dog? I'll never forget it. That's the only reason why I want to mention that. Nothing against him at all. You know, he was passionate about his program, and I sure. respect him for that. Yeah. Um, it was just not something that I felt like I wanted to do. It wasn't worth dipping out on my boys, yeah. essentially. That's really interesting. I think a lot of guys coming up, they'll have it in their head, like, D1. Like, got to go D1. D1 so, to get drafted, right? So, my next kind of thing was kind of backpedal a little bit i had committed to parkland oh i commit i was i was in deep and i think i'm pretty sure bull knows this you guys that don't know parkland is also in the same conference as lincoln land and they're a storied program as well i've had a ton of success lots of cranking out players and uh one of the guys that went there kevin kiermeyer was one of the reasons why i was like i want to go be kevin kiermeyer he was in the show at the time with the rays killing it yeah just had come through Parkland in like oh seven, oh eight, maybe. Mm-hmm. Won a natty, you know, and was was on his on his come up. They had Nike stuff. Sure. They were right down the street from U of I. Yeah. My boy Mike Hurwitz is going to U of I. Right. I didn't get a sniff from U of I. I'm thinking, hey, dude, can team up in two years. Give me two right. more years. Yeah, go if I made ball out there. If I made these jumps between my junior year, and my senior year, like I'm making jumps. Imagine what I'm going to do in two more years. Yeah. And that's exactly what happened. It is what happened. And but, more. Yeah, and more. For sure. <laughs> you could have imagined these jumps this guy took. But, man, I remember, though, it was just funny. I remember I, I just wanted to be at the highest level so bad. Yeah. And I just didn't well, – I wasn't sure that Lincoln Land was going to do that for me. And that was just me not really having a full grasp on it because when I did get to Lincoln Land, I got approached by just as many big-name D1 schools mm-hmm. – as anybody on Parkland's roster probably combined, you know? So mm-hmm. it, I say that to say, like, don't set your sights to the point where things become unrealistic to any kids that do maybe listen to this or even, you know, parents of kids that listen to this. Sure. It's great to have unrealistic goals 
unrealistic goals and expectations are the reason why I got where I was. Hey, that is a great quote right there. But in the same breath, unrealistic goals. Realism has to be there as well. Grounded in some reality. It cannot be so unrealistic to where you're ignorant. And there was a moment. There were moments where I was so unrealistic that I was ignorant. Ego but, driven. But if you didn't have that belief, would you have kept pushing for this dream? I mean, you know? probably not. Maybe, yeah. maybe, maybe I would have. But it, you know, a lot of it too. But is it was realistic for you, though. It I realistic. thought. Yeah, I mean, I thought so. I never was, thought differently. So, but so. you know, a lot of that. My you guys decision. were in the cloud where they were in the clouds where they were supposed to be. Yeah. Because you ended up being a professional baseball player and. Yeah, no, it it panned out for sure. But yeah. I just remember being at that age and making that drive home from Parkland that day with my dad. Um, so actually, dude, we should. My mom moved to Cincinnati, Ohio, when I was. We can go all over the place. My mom yeah. moved to Cincinnati. This was pretty instrumental for me. Kind of makes sense where we're at now. So okay, my mom moved to Cincinnati my sophomore year of high school. I go to this school in in Westchester, Ohio. It's called Lakota West High School. It's a sophomore through senior building only, and it had like forty five hundred kids. What? I walked in day one, knew nobody. I knew not a single soul in this place. Wow. I had never felt so small in my life. Oh my gosh, I couldn't. And I just that in kept my mom and her resiliency, bless her heart, dude, would not allow me to do anything other than just keep showing up, keep showing up. And I did. I just There's kept showing up. I just kept strapping it on every day, not knowing yeah. a single soul, just kind of cruising my way through the halls, like hoping nobody bumps into me today. But I got. I say this because when I was there, man. I was fortunate enough to play fall league baseball while I was there. Mm-hmm. So I got to see a totally different view of the game from a different area, from a, a suburb of Cincinnati where baseball is pretty prevalent. Yeah, there'd be a lot of money. Right, there, yeah. right above northern Kentucky where baseball sure. is definitely prevalent. Big time. Dude, I saw some of the best athletes like that I saw my whole life in this area, dude. And that's when I realized, hey, dude, what you're doing in Lincoln, Illinois ain't going to cut it. Because I'm going to these fall games, coming off. Giver. I'm a pretty decent guy. It's you know sophomore, like I'm no slouch. I'm not looking good in this in this in this fall league with these kids. And I ended up getting there. I got a lot better. It was a wood bat league. It was a new place. You know, nerves. I was an anxious kid, like I said before. So a lot of stuff going on for me mentally. But I still got through it. I still met kids through it, and it was still a huge, like, momentum swing for me. Because I didn't make it through the whole year, I got too scared and wanted to go home and be comfortable. And I think my grades weren't going to be good enough to play. Interesting. So I went through the whole winter workout program with them, and I'm dude, I'm working out with some dogs, some dogs, like kids that are committed to um, North Carolina State, like big, you know, big name schools. These kids were good, man. They were legit. And I'm training with these guys in the winter, watching them work out. Mm-hmm. I'm watching them, you know, take grounders and hit. And I'm like, man. I'm not going to cut it here, dude. I don't know that I can even make this team. That's funny to even hear you say those words. So then I got kind of spooked about my grades and about whether or not I was even going to be good enough to be on the team. And I'm like, dude, I can't stay here if I'm not even playing on the baseball team. Right. Like, yeah. dude, I will hate myself. <laughs> so I went back to my comfort zone in Lincoln, Okay, moved back in with my dad, and uh, I just had a totally different view, man. The world changed for me. Was it like a fire time. lit under your ass after that? I was... I was a a minnow in a small pond in Lincoln. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to say like I was a big fish small pond type of thing. I wasn't I'm not going to put myself on that pedestal, but I go to Ohio and I am a nobody amongst many. I am nothing <laughs> to anyone. I'm getting brushed by left and right, dude. And that 
I had to do, I was, I was an outgoing kid. You know, I talk, I had a lot of friends growing up. I was friends, you know, with everybody cause mm-hmm. I was just outgoing. So for me to be in that state, like that's where the confidence came out. Cause I'm like, dude, I got to put my chest out a little bit. Yeah. If I'm going to make any friends, if I'm going to meet any girls, I got to put my chest out a little bit and be somebody. So then, you know, that's when I started this confident thing. Like I I had to find it in me, dude. I love it. You brought it out. You pulled it out of yourself. You know, I, the reason why I say that is because that kind of coincides with the junior year that I had the sophomore year that I had. That's great. Yeah. Because like I had to be somebody. So I come back, dude, I got these silly earrings in my ear. I'm (laughs) wearing a free wheezy shirt. My first day back (laughs) at Lincoln high school. Like, dude, I, I became, I, daddy's back. I, yeah, I just was like this. Yeah, bro, this is me, you know, in all my egotistical 15 year old ways. That's where like the ignorance is bliss thing came in. Like I was just like, well, I had a different view I had a a, a, a a refound kind of goal, like a refocused goal and a much clearer path on how to get there because I saw how good these kids were in Ohio yeah. and I knew I had to work my ass off. Right. What if you had never experienced that? No right? clue, man. What if cool? I what if I never played for the Springfield Pride? That's why I love this these kind of stories. That's why this is gonna yeah, be so cool we're for connecting the dots everybody. and everybody stuff and yeah, these experiences on your life to help build you up to where you went and Without this left turn, it wouldn't you wouldn't be here. Without this right turn, you wouldn't be here. It's really what cool I to think hear it. I want to say in that moment is always bet on yourself. Oh, there we go. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You know, it, always, if your back's against the wall and you got an easy route or a tough route, just try the tough route. I bailed on the tough route. Yeah. But it still changed my life. Yeah. I couldn't see it to the finish line, but it still changed my life. Absolutely. And it still was a huge turning point for me. My eyes were wide open i didn't have lincoln illinois small pond tunnel vision anymore i had sec big 12 big 10 athlete i mean dude when i'm there remember nike spark oh yeah spark training oh yeah so i'm at lakota west high school jordan hicks still in the nfl today yeah is a junior when i'm a sophomore jordan hicks shatters the nike spark record i'm in pe like high impact like training pe with this kid Mm -hmm monster <laughs> monster bro goes to texas plays linebacker is still a linebacker in the nfl today yeah so again i'm seeing the level of athletes yeah. that are out there what i think is fascinating here is that you said you went there and you weren't like a dude or you weren't like dominating or anything dude but you left feeling more confident somehow you pulled somehow this experience of you feeling small brought out a big part of you and i think it was just who i am as a person dude i'm not cool. a quiet tuck away in the corner i'm a i better get at least a laugh or something out of somebody okay you know kind of thing and that and that i think that kind of molded me and that's a you know that's a big point in your life like at that age like i'm 15 years old like life could have just been on cruise control for me forever sure my mom had this really awesome opportunity to 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 progress in her career okay she took it you know i went with her and uh you know, I like I said, I didn't fight, I didn't finish it through. No clue what my life would have looked like. But a lot of good came from it. Absolutely, like. man. Yeah. So much good from came from it. Yeah. And like I said, it just it just opened my eyes completely to like what I need to be doing to get to the next level. Uh-huh. Because so, I, I watch these dudes that are like already at the next level, just yeah, waiting. Okay. So waiting seeing that. Waiting age wise to mm. get to the next level. Like yeah. these dudes are like college athletes now. They're ready now. Okay. Yeah. That's so I was spooked, man. Like I said, yeah. so I go back to Lincoln and then, you know, I just had this newfound, like, 
regimen. Like I had to be a different breed, you know. Yeah. If I, I was going to do it, I had to be. I had to do it. And I had to do it differently. That's perfect. So, you know, going into you know the back to the recruiting thing, like how did we get off Parkland? So I just kind of had to step back for a moment to to kind of highlight that moment because. Then I come back, you know, I go through Lincoln. I do really well, uh, pretty well my sophomore year. In that junior year summer, like, we really got close. Like, that group, the Midwest Stallions, we yeah. got really close. We kicked some ass together, went all across the country, oh, like, shacking up. Guys. I want this to keep rolling. Yeah, man. So, uh, you know, I commit to Parkland, and I'm thinking my thought is, like, you know, U of I at least, right? Yeah. Um, driving home that day with my dad, and I'm just, like, not feeling too good about it just in your stomach like your intuition was telling you this ain't this ain't it i'm just thinking like how am i gonna tell my, how am i gonna go play against my my boy i can't do that like yeah. i went to war with these guys yeah. literally like we played four games in a day like yeah. guys throwing an inning a piece just Stuff to like get that through you for sure yeah man i was Big like for life I, and then i just kind of had this feeling like they sent me off with this you know sick like nike you know flat bill parkland hat and they got me like a nice nike and like that kind of stuff's cool yeah, you know when sure. you're that age but then i just had that moment of like man i can't can't battle against my boys so backed out the coach actually gave me 80 percent. didn't give me a full ride what 80 percent to juco to juco I, do they even have restrictions on scholarships no they clue just get man this guy <laughs> right? just I thought created just, it everyone got full no clue man at least so that you know but that was my first offer from a juco so i'm thinking like maybe i'll take it yeah, it's like, eh. my dad was there with me. He's like, yeah, we could, we could cover the twenty percent. Like, sure, this is what you want to do. You feel good about it. We can, we'll be all right. I'm like, okay, I'm like I'm in. And Lincoln Land had offered you at this point. They hadn't, but I went on a visit there. You know what? I can't remember the timeline exactly. Okay. I knew that I had a place there because, like, we all had a place there, kind of thing. Just because of Beardo and Hank went there and yeah. had spoke highly of us, we win sure. games. He's yeah. reporting back to Coach Riggle. It's the pipeline, baby. Yeah, the pipeline for sure. Especially in an area like this, you got to have it. But yeah. I can't remember if I visited or not. I remember my visit to Lincoln Lane, my first one, and Bull, ga- Bull gave me a full ride. And so that, and I was like, and not only did he give me a full ride, he he had that closer connection through Beardo and Hank, and he's like, look, man, like you can come here and be a, a dude mm-hmm. like guys have come here. They've been national player of the year. They've got drafted. Oh, yeah. It doesn't have to be Parkland. And I'm thinking like, doesn't. yeah, it doesn't have to be Parkland, no. dude. I don't even need U of I. Some dogs Let me just go here league. and just get after it for two years. Let me just go to the league. That's what's up. Yeah. I mean, that was my thought at that point. I'm like, let me go ball, you know, with the same dudes I've been balling with since I was 13. Yeah. And let's see how far we can take this thing. Like we kind of felt slided from the natty, the national championship. Mm-hmm. Let's run it back. Let's run. Let's win it on a bigger stage. Yeah. Did we that, didn't. But did that sit much better within your stomach, within your intuition? I remember sleeping so much better, dude. Boom. Yeah. I remember sleeping so much. You gotta just, listen to your intuition, man. Just knowing, like, yeah, dude, I'm I'm not gonna have to worry about going to to play those guys pitching against you know my my best friends. Yeah. I can't. I couldn't do yeah. that. You know. Yeah. Absolutely. And uh, I remember. So I also spoke with Mr. Justin Knaler. We both have, you know, endless praise for, I'm sure at some point in this podcast, you're going to give Justin his flowers because I know sure. he's, he's meant, he meant a lot to you. Yeah. And, for um, too, man. so Justin Knaler, for people that don't know, um, played, uh, at Lincoln land and was drafted three times was the, uh, Juco player of the year in 2000. They won a 2000, um, national championship 
He said he was drafted three times. He had a couple cups of coffee in the big leagues as a catcher and eventually um, ended up back in Springfield doing a lot of coaching. Coached at Lincoln Land and uh, had a very big, big, big part in um, in Aper's career at Lincoln Land, would you say? I know oh, he had man. a huge influence yeah. on you. I know you think the world of him. Um, huge, man. And he said that they were thrilled to get you and that, you know, they – he shied away because I, I, I kind of pressed him, like, did you guys think he was going to turn into what he turned into? And they said, like, you can't predict that. Like, sure, he showed up with all these tools, a toolsy guy, a five-tool guy, but did they think you were going to end up being the junior college player of the year? No one can predict that or go off like you did. And Totally uh, fair. I didn't either. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. For the for what it's worth. Yeah, and I, I just think that, that must have been so awesome for you guys having a former big leaguer as your – Assistant coach, at two, man. coach, like at two. Imagine all the experiences he can share with you, and just like show you the right way to do it. Eric Weaver as well. Weave, yeah, he was my Weave. Pitch, pitching coach my freshman Weave year. Was pitching coach when I was there. Um, like Ape, or, uh, Justin told me a story. He said you essentially were, were were chasing a ball and ate it on on the fence at one point. You already know where I'm going with this. Yeah, yeah. and uh, like maybe you were concussed, but you hit hard. And he said the next day he went out there and put like a a tape outline. Of, of where you're at on the fence and number did. three and fun stuff like that keeps keeps the season light and like well, i messed like myself up thing. dude what? i got hurt doing did that. you bad yeah i i hurt my i couldn't straighten my wrist for a while <laughs> it it was bad yeah yeah so I mean, do you want to touch on anything with with justin or anything like that or yeah dude absolutely let's go you want to give this guy his flowers yeah i mean like i said you know coach wriggle too man i mean when i came in and the best part about my lincoln lane experience was Coach Riggle was the the facilitator, the manager. Yeah, and he let us be us, man. Yeah, he knew coach. he was, he knew he was recruiting a summer team. Yeah, a summer team with chemistry that had uh, that had years spent together, like since we were thirteen, most of us. Yeah, he knew he didn't have to do much. He he wasn't gonna have to worry about us. Yeah, we we had us. You policed yourself. Yeah, we policed ourselves, man. We set the tone. We set the rules. I you know I kind of turned into an asshole at Lincoln Land man because I got real serious about it. Sure. I mean it was like, hey, this is do or die, boys. You kind of have to have someone like that on the team, or a couple guys yeah. that will. And I don't knock anybody on the team. I just they just didn't see it the way that I saw it. Like they kind of saw it as like the last two years. Like they knew that they didn't have that was plans. The end of and I respected that because sure. I knew that when they showed up, they were gonna give it their all that day. I yeah. was cool with it. Right. But for me, I was like longevity. Like I'm trying to I'm trying to do this. Yeah. And, you know, Bull, Justin, Coach Weaver were just massively, insanely instrumental in that entire process. Two big leaguers as, as coaches on the roster. Yeah. Crazy. I mean, Bull from the standpoint of just of, of being a human. And that's one thing that I'll always remember most about Bull was that he allowed us to be human. I mean, I sat in Bull's oh, office great. so many times, dude, just talking about nothing. Yeah. Nothing. You can't do that with every manager. You can't do that with everybody. They nope. don't have time for that. Bowl didn't have time for that, but he made time for it. Yeah. You know? It's and, your player's coach. And then you got Justin, who's, you know, the we call him the Iron Mike, the the pitching <laughs> machine. Guy would throw 300, 300, you know, pitches a day and then do push-ups in between every round. And then afterwards be like, Justin, dude, can you – come on, my rounds suck today, man. Can you give me 400 more pitches, just me, dude? And he would do it. I mean, he would do it. I mean, I, I can't imagine 
his wife and what she thought, man, she is a saint from above because shout out to Ann. She let that man stay after practice and run himself. He was ragged. the hardest working man in Springfield. The and that's dude. Well, he would go when I learned that, in the morning. Yeah. When I learned that about Justin, it it made me change as a person. That's I mean, watching him do that, dude, and he probably you know he was just doing it because he literally loves the game of baseball loves and again time out long list of people that care a lot oh, like my go. luck my fortune yeah. people that cared a lot not people, everybody right? has that man you're, you're and i was right. so incredibly fortunate to yeah. have that all the way up until pro ball yeah. <laughs> and then you're uh, you're on your own dude sorry for anybody watching this Listen to this. I mean, you're on your own in pro ball, dude. They don't give a. Sh- they don't care about you. <laughs> they don't love you like they used to. They don't love so you like that. if you get some people that care about you before that, man, cling on to it because that right. stuff uh, diminishes quickly. But Justin, um, he put in the workforce, man. I mean, he was a wealth, an absolute wealth of knowledge. And so, and so was Coach Riggle too, man. Oh I mean, gosh. these guys both were just yeah. years of baseball lifers. And they cared a lot, and 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 Justin from 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 base running mentality approach, you know, swing plane, just just simply swing mechanics and little tweaks, and not trying to be a robot coach where everybody had to hit the same way. That's like perfect. he just had Justin just had absolutes about the swing that really really sat well with me and really helped me to be consistent. And, uh, you know, do it at a, at a high level day in and day out. He just had that about him where he knew what he was talking about. You knew that he knew what he was talking about. Oh, gosh, yeah. I mean, and he was so cool with, with spreading the knowledge, man. Yeah. I mean, he was so into just if you didn't want it, then he wasn't going to give it to yeah. you. But if you were going to stand in his cage and you were going to, you know, be serious about it, he was going to help you out. I know you've told me over and over again that you don't think your career would have ended up like it was without Justin no, being your coach. No, I, I and I and I firmly believe that from all of the things that I just mentioned, yeah. from from mentality to mindset yeah. to the way you play the game, how you carry yourself, the way you prepare, the weight room. I mean, yeah. every facet of right. what makes a great player great. Yeah. I got to watch, you know, and and listen and hear stories yeah. from from a from Justin. You know, you was, have, for you to have access to that is just amazing. And all of us, man. All you know, of you. Some yeah, absolutely. Of us, Everyone that he coached. Some of us tapped into it more, but, dude, there's so many people that, you know, that didn't get to the level that I got that would sing such high praises for all these guys. Yeah. You 100%. know, Coach yeah. Riggle and, and Justin and Weave and Danny McGee and anybody else that was involved in the Lincoln Land, yeah. you know, coaching staff. Uh, it's just uh, we just got lucky, man. We were very, very lucky with yeah. a, with a guy that knew how to facilitate, that knew how to assemble a group. To the guy that had, you know, the big league time, mm. the the you know, you know the years and the hours spent in the trenches in the cage, yeah. um, you know, being Justin and yeah, it was just, uh, yeah, I mean, it was life. It was life changing for me, man. And then, you know, to get into the draft process and get into the recruiting process again. Oh God, to have him to lean on. It was crazy, man. And and yeah. the thing is, I sh- I tried to do, t- I did too much. Had I listened to Justin, I think things would have shaken out for me a, a lot differently. No ill will. Hindsight's always twenty twenty, mm-hmm. but I should have listened to Justin more. I should have taken more of his advice. You're, you're yeah, yeah. Agency selection, hundred gotcha. percent. I do remember you talking about your agency selection was 
I had your, your agent was ass, wasn't he? He was trash, bro. <laughs> I mean, and I and I don't think he was a bad guy. He probably was a great guy you. doing nothing for me, man. And maybe, and and it's not even about it at that point. It's it's about the representation within the club, mm-hmm. within the within the the organization. It's about oh, this guy who? Why am I going to take his call about his his guy? You know, like mm-hmm. whatever, like. Justin's agent had big leaguers. Justin's agent was just a good guy, sound guy. Justin still spoke highly of him even after his career, mm-hmm. which is something that as a kid, like I just had this one agent reach out to me very early on, and then the floodgates opened. You know, it was the Boston Red Sox were in first. I talked to this guy. He comes up, meets me. We kind of have like a mutual agreement, no money exchange or anything like that, pre-draft. Um and then the floodgates opened, dude. I had one letter from the Red Sox, and then probably a month later I had – month and a half later I had letters from literally every single club. Let's pause a little bit because I want – there's still some more meat on the bone a little in your earlier of your Lincoln Land career before we get to when things just get nutty yeah. for you. So your your first year at Lincoln Land, crazy stats, right? Really – I mean, were you – sorry. Um, I've got them right here, and I did some interesting averaging – when we get to your second year, because that's when things were just like <laughs> <laughs> crazy. But uh, so 2012, your first year at Lincoln Land, uh, you're getting about 200 at bats. Okay, we're talking 60 runs. We're talking 23 doubles, 11 triples, 11 home runs, 53 RBIs, 22 stolen bases, 415 average, 815 slugging percentage. I think you get the idea. Just bald your first year, right? Yeah. Yeah, I had a really good year. Yeah. I had some weird, really weird injuries the whole year, too, that didn't take me out of the lineup, but definitely hindered my performance immensely. That so that's is crazy to me that this is a hindered year for you <laughs> with those kind I of mean, stats. You know, we'll talk about the second year stats, but that's why I had 22 bags that year, and that's it. I couldn't oh, hardly walk, dude. Interesting. I was in a boot. Oh. I was in a walking boot. Well, I'll tell a story, dude. We were yeah. in Florida, first oh. opening trip. Mm-hmm. You know, work your ass off all winter long. We get down there. We're fired up. First day, we go to the pool. It's a pool injury. I try to do a backflip. <laughs> Gainer. I try to do a backflip <laughs> through one of the safety rings, like when you're when you're the yep. floating device when you're drowning. Mm-hmm. Try to do a backflip through it, and it turns out to be fiberglass. What? And I just, dude, I hit my toe on it, and I could not walk the rest of the year. Oh, I could not walk with my big toe touching the ground. I played with a metal plate in my foot the what? whole year. And not in my foot. Sorry. I played with a metal elevated plate in my shoe the whole year. I couldn't play a game. I couldn't even put my shoe on without this one specific, very certain tape job that myself and the trainer at the time at Lincoln Land came up with ourselves. Really? Couldn't even put it. Couldn't even think about putting my foot in a cleat. I had an experience with um, I had to put an insert in my foot, too, for an injury with my big toe and it immobilized it. I couldn't imagine playing baseball. It's a metal plate in my cleat. How is that even possible? You just figured it out somehow. Still told twenty two bags, dude. Right? <laughs> twenty two bags with a with a plate in my shoe every game. Okay, so that is a terrific year by all standards. Are you? Obviously, you're you're, you're probably your, your confidence is on high now, right? Yeah, things I are mean, coming together. Like you're hitting four hundred, you're achieving these stats at a you know lesser self at your lesser self. What happens that summer after that? That Lincoln Land year. Are you playing? Where are you playing? I played for the sliders. sliders. And so it's it's really funny, man. That whole year, because of that injury, I just was like, 
so unsettled about the whole thing. But what? I had good numbers. But your everything you about my performance. No, my performance oh, that year. Okay. I was just mad, man. Like I hit four fifteen, whatever, eleven triples, eleven home runs, whatever. And I was just angered by it. Like I should have hit five hundred. I should have hit twenty bombs. I should have had twenty five triples. Interesting. Yeah. I couldn't walk. That's that drive we talked about. Like, I couldn't walk. Good I was so mad at myself. And finally as the year went on, it got a little bit better. But I played that whole summer with a plate in my shoe too. What? I played for the sliders. Uh, I didn't get called. I didn't make the team. They didn't even call me. I remember, yeah. Out after this year, dude, and I didn't. You know, I think I maybe got like second team, all JUCO or whatever it is. Like, yeah. you know, I think I was second team, like first team all conference, obviously. But I was just slided by it, dude. So slided by it, and I was slided my senior of high school too. I didn't get any like all state sniff, nothing. I I remember. When I was looking up some of your old acc- accolades, I was kind of shocked that you didn't get all state. I hit state. like 530 my senior high school. How does that even, how you not get all state? I, never I, even, I think that has nothing, something to do with like your, your coach putting your name in for stuff or yeah, nothing. nothing. That's not interesting. Gonna, nothing for all state. So what I wanted to ask is, so the, the Springfield Sliders, for you that don't know, are a um, college wood bat prospect league team. Uh, are they in the prospect league? It was then. It was a it prospect was? league, yeah. Yeah, okay. But it's, it's a big deal. Like um, – at one point, it used to be the rifles, and then it was the sliders, and now they're the lucky horseshoes. But there's a lot of good players that have come through there from the area and around the country and have played pro ball and Division One, and it's, it's an honor to be asked to be on that team. And I didn't yes. get asked to be on the team. Right. And I was, I was that hurt. heated, dude. Yeah. So I go and play one game of Pallies. Pallies, for those that don't know, is the summer league team. It's a men's league. Men's team. league, just here in it's town. It's a it's a men's league team. The it's a bunch of grown men, pretty yeah. much. Yeah. I think in they may school. have had like a poly Pally's like college team where okay. it was like IC guy, Illinois college guys, Milliken guys. Yeah. I not played, great competition. I at played all. one game, man. You're not getting a lot better doing that. And I, I, I stopped playing. I mean, I think it was like a doubleheader. I think I just stopped and I left. And I I remember driving back to my apartment, ready to call Coach Riggle and be like, dude, I'm not I'm not playing this summer. Yeah. I'll be in the gym. I'll be in the cage every day. Taking this, I'm not. I'm not doing that. Pally stuff. Not trying to face 70 miles an hour. No shot. <laughs> I couldn't do it. I had I was so mad about the season that we had. Yeah. We finished on a sour note. Had a really good team and just shit the bed late, and was just disgruntled, dude. I was way too angry at myself at what happened that year to go and and do that. Like these guys rolled in from their nine to five at Kroger, like. <laughs> And I'm, you know, in class and stuff, and it just, it just rubbed me so wrong. Then, you know, luckily, by the grace of God, I don't remember what happened. Somebody didn't come. Somebody didn't show up. Somebody got hurt. I don't even care what happened. I got a call literally the next day. Those are the breaks. The next day, bro. Man. I went to – I didn't even sleep that night. I'll never forget it. I was Funny. so mad. I'm ready to be done with summer ball. I had my apartment. Next day. With my two, my two roommates who were on the team, and, you know, they weren't playing. I think they might have been playing pallies or something, but – the next day, man, after I was up all night, they were like, hey, like, whatever, whatever, we need you on the team. I'm like, thank you. I'll be there tonight. Yeah. I think I played game one. I'm on my way. Yeah. I was like, yeah, I live in town. I'll Let's be go. at the field in 10 minutes. Cool. Yeah. So, so that that was huge for me, man, because like yeah. you said, the prospect league was serious, dude. Absolutely. I ended up playing, you know, in pro ball against five or six, seven guys that I played with yeah. or against in the prospect league. But, I mean, you're talking guys from San Diego State, from Tennessee, yeah. from – you know, Murray State, I think there was some, some SEC guys. There was some 
Big 12 guys like TCU had a few in there. I mean, it was a good league, man. That it was it was a an eye opener for me because again, yeah. here's another opportunity to see where you stack up yeah. against some of the some of the bigger, you know, how'd prospects. How would you stack up? I think I hit 330. That's a damn good summer. I started off pretty I started off pretty slow. Mm-hmm. I never really hit like that that was my first experience with like good pitching with wood. Yeah, that's um, so I struggled to start. Whole new experience. And I really found my stride late. Had a really, really good second half of the summer. Dude, I was throwing so hard. Like You were pitching. I was throwing every you know, playing center. Uh I was pitching. I was like the closer kind of deal sometimes. Mm-hmm. My arm that summer, I think it was because I was just so freaked out about my foot all year that like I had no time to think about my arm. Mm-hmm. I was throwing so hard, dude. <laughs> so hard. Like, I was throwing hard in high school, but this summer, man, I mean, I vividly remember standing at the wall in center field at, at Robin Roberts here yeah, in town. Right, Park. right right next to the, the trees in center field, dude, heaving it over the, the bleachers. Like, heaving it out of the stadium, what? like, on a on a two-step. <laughs> like, guys, watch this. <laughs> and, it, you know, it was just didn't even feel real. Didn't even feel real. I'm That's watching absurd. this ball fly, I'm like, Wow, that's, that's pretty cool. That's absurd. Yeah, yeah, it was. So would you say your your arm strength was pretty much what it was going to be at this point or getting there? Yeah, I mean, I, I think my arm got – I was always – man, I was just really lucky to have, a, like, a good arm. I think, you know, Bazooka. when I was a kid, it was a little bit better than everybody's, you know. Yeah, but then it just started, like – Just progressively got ridiculous. to the point. Of, yeah, where it was, like, way better than everybody's. Okay. Um. But I put a lot of time in a curl in a, in a long toss, yeah. man. And I was very very serious too. about it that summer too. And sure. yeah, I mean, once I figured out my swing, that's I kind of tweaked my stance a little bit just to, you know, I think it exposed some holes that I had from the JUCO year. Uh, it was better pitching, more consistent velo. Yeah, um, just had to make some adjustments on the fly. And once I did that, I was cruising. I was feeling good. I had a good summer. So we're we're past that. We're past your freshman year at Lincoln Land. I think this is where the story kind of really picks up and gets kind of like very interesting to me. And um, so from here, are you are are we getting are we getting attention from colleges? Are we getting it was attention colleges from pro first. scouts? Pro scouts? Yeah, tell me what's going on with that. It was colleges first. Um, I don't really remember like who was first. I knew where I wanted to go. I do too. I knew exactly where I wanted to go. Tell that story. Um, so my mom, you know, like I said earlier, she moved to Westchester, Ohio. So she had another opportunity to advance her career, and it took her to Murfreesboro, Tennessee. So when she moved down there, that's where Middle Tennessee State University mm-hmm. is. Uh, I went to a camp there, like a showcase kind of deal there. In high school? Um, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It was my – man, just like my junior year. And I went to the showcase, and – you know, did okay through through okay. I think I had just gotten done with a with a weekend tournament, so I was kind of gassed. It was like a Tuesday afternoon type deal. Mm-hmm. Um, didn't have a chance to really get any swings in before, like the, the day before. Um, so I just kind of showed up and rolled with it. You know, did okay. Nothing crazy. I didn't get you know talked to after the camp or anything. Yeah. But they had my contact information and my name. Um, you know, kind of full circle here. So one of the guys that recruited me at Eastern Illinois, Skyler Mead who, man, I think he's at, like, Michigan State or something. He's at a big school now, but 
by the grace of God, man, long long list of just crazy stuff that lined up for me. Skylar Mead, who recruited me at Eastern, ends up at Middle Tennessee State University. Really? Mm-hmm. So, you know, I start, you know, doing pretty well. Um, you know, after that freshman year, I, I got an approach a few times that summer, um, you know, while playing with the Sliders. I think Ball State was one of them. Okay. Indiana State was another one of them. Mm-hmm. Um, Murray State was one of them. Okay. Uh there's a few others. Nothing really like no no real big school, but it's starting to get there. Murray you know, State like, being where I went. Yeah, yeah. Shout, shout out to the shout racers. Out. Shout out to the racers. Shout out. Um, nothing like you know that would wow you really at that point. I mean, it was, but for me, it was like, okay, here we go. You know, starting Dude, to get it's, some. It's cool getting D1 interests. You know, if you grow up thinking like, that was my first time because yeah, I didn't D1 get any football, out of like oh, these guys want me now. Yeah, That's cool. I wasn't get. I got no love out of high school. Right. You know, so I wasn't getting the phone calls from D1 schools then. You mm-hmm. know, I had you know Eastern a little and Carbondale a little, but. Now I'm getting, you know, routine phone calls from like D1 schools. Yeah. And uh, you know, that that felt good. That was it was reaffirming to me like you're on the right track still kind of thing. Um and then man, I had a a really really good fall my sophomore year at Lincoln Atlanta, a really good fall. And that's when the Red Sox called first and uh you know, then this agent comes up, meets me, whatever. Pause. What did that feel like to have a major league team calling about you? Man, it was the most surreal moments of my life. Yeah. I mean, this the, from from here on out, literally, like in my in my story, until I close the book on baseball, from here on out is just nothing but a dream, dude. Total, <laughs> total, totally yeah, it surreal. Does. It does. Totally surreal, and and. You know, we'll probably get to this, but something I struggled with throughout the process was just making it real, like accepting that, dude, you're here yeah. right now. Everything this is your you shot. Is happening. It's here. Yeah, I was just like Got in it. this in this dream, in yeah. this in this haze of like, what is going on? Overwhelming at time or totally, happy man. year? Totally. Everything. Yeah. Gosh. I mean, for me, because it wasn't a little bit of attention. You started getting a lot of dude, attention. I was, I was having like so. There's kind of like a pecking order to like scouts the scouts right yeah break that down there's for a you know you got your bird regional, dog and all you got that, your yeah. bird dog which right. is kind of like the lowest on the totem pole he's right. like a dude that's just a baseball lifer in yeah. an area that produces good baseball he just wants a card yeah just got a card <laughs> and gets a nice new polo shirt every year with yeah. the team's logo on right it. but then there's you know you got your regional guy you got your area guy your area scout your yeah. regional scout Look up to cross checker you got cross checkers regional cross checkers national cross checkers you yeah. got scouting directors you got vp of scouting you got the like scouting scouting executive of everything mm-hmm. scouting like and dude ev- it, it just kept getting progressively bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger i'm and i'm got national cross checkers at my college apartment i got vice presidents of operations texting me calling me wow. showing up at lincoln land yeah i remember he- there being scouts at practice while i was there you know practicing with y'all there were scouts in the gym just watching in the gym yeah, in the gym. They were showing up in the gym. They yeah. wouldn't even see me take swings inside of Lincoln Land's basketball gym. <laughs> the Logger Dome. Put some respect on it. And, <laughs> you know, I just really, really got lucky in that I had so many grounded people around me yeah. that it allowed for me to be grounded. Because yeah, that's well an said. easy situation to, 
but again, kind of to my demise, I'm thankful for the people that I had and the way that they, they raised me, you know, my parents, my yeah. family, my coaches, they raised me to be humble, to be, you know, yeah, it'd be easy to get a big head. I feel yeah, like right ag- now. acknowledge like, that these are all things that don't happen to everyone. I never remember getting that. Fe- I mean, you were confident, but it wasn't like this guy's an asshole yeah. or anything. No, like man. That. I mean, I think it was, I, I felt, I felt like almost embarrassed by it ah, to a point. Like the attention. Yeah. yeah, and I and I felt that way in high school too. Like you know, being on you know like the Lincoln newspaper, whatever. Yeah, means nothing, but it does. Like yeah, for sure. And it, and I I remember just kind of being because I didn't want people to think that I was an asshole. I didn't want think right. people to think that I was like, right. oh, he's so cool. You <laughs> know, paper, yeah, on right. the free wheezy shirt. Yeah, right. <laughs> With this national cross checker again. <laughs> but no, man, I I try. I was I really tried hard to be like humble about it. Yeah. Um. I mean, dude, I was just so incredibly grateful for, like, every single thing that was happening. I mean, it was like... Your dreams are coming true. Dude, yeah. I mean, your dreams are coming true. And that's a weird concept to come to reality with. Like, I I, I say this because I think it's true. Not a lot of people get to actually experience their dreams firsthand. Boom. Dreams stay dreams forever. Yeah. And, you know, for me at 17 years old... Here it is, bro. It's happening. What are you going to do with right. it? Right. Every little kid grows up being like, I want to be, you know, I want to play pro ball. I want to get drafted in the high rounds. Like, yeah. and this is happening. This yeah. is happening for you right now. And you're young. You're a young man trying to figure this out. Yeah, it's got to be challenging. So trying, trying to battle your mind. Well, and it got really hairy for me, too, because, like, I knew where I wanted to go to school. And, and, and so we like, kind of back up a little bit there. Yeah. So fall, sophomore year. I'm I'm doing really well. Like I'm I doing it. really well. I believe it. <laughs> like I'm not even playing in some games because like I don't like like Coach Riggle didn't like even want me to play against McKendry's J V team on a Wednesday night, you know? <laughs> um <laughs> too hurtful for him. It was so I had a really good fall my sophomore year and uh man, like I said, Skylar Me, dude, called my phone one day and it popped up Skylar Me and I'm like, Man, I don't want to go to Eastern. Right. They gave that scholarship cool. to Caleb Howell. Yeah. Caleb Howell's already there doing really, really well. Yeah. I don't want to go there. He's like, hey, man, uh, I'm at Middle Tennessee State now. I dropped my phone. Uh, like, I, I could not believe it, dude. Could not believe it. And this is where I'm like baseball tats, dude. Like, like yeah. I'm like, in my mind, this whole thing is lining up. And I'm like, dude, this was supposed to happen. Uh, destiny destiny bro yeah. yes exactly and like me that's just me like in a dream state really you know really unable to like come to terms with like no like you earned this you deserve yeah. this you worked hard for this it was like man like i'm so undeserving of this uh, these opportunities this thing like lining up and obviously you know i'm running with it and i'm feeling great about it yeah i signed a middle tennessee state didn't even really get that good of an offer dude <laughs> honestly bro like <laughs> you're just like i'm coming. I think it was 40 percent Pretty good. I think yeah. I got 40%. That's pretty good. For man. the first year, you know, as a junior, and they're like, you know, you do well, but you don't do well, and you're a senior, you don't probably get a bigger scholarship. No, they're not giving so, you a bigger scholarship your second year. They but, dude, I mean, that's where I wanted to go. I mean, I, I, I went to the, the, you know, that showcase sophomore year, high school, whatever, junior year maybe, yeah. and just really loved it. Like, I liked it. My mom was right there. Yeah. I thought it was going to be awesome, dude. So yeah. I committed, like, on the spot. As well as your teammate Jake Engel. Yeah, Engel ended up going there too. Yeah. And I, dude, I mean, you know, I just thought it was gonna be 
it, and that, and that was a cool thing too. So Ingold and I really were getting recruited like side by side. So Ingold's freshman year was great. He had bonkers stats too. Great bonkers. Jake Ingold had a game where he hit like two grand slams and two three run home runs and ended up with like seventeen RBIs. Can't believe he never played pro ball. Can't believe it. Yeah, you know, I think my fate and his would have been very similar had I gone to Middle Tennessee. Uh, truthfully, I just think you know what I, I, I'm glad you brought that up because I think that's an interesting thing because I think I would have gotten exposed earlier, really, and I don't think I would have. And I don't. So I don't. Here's, here's what we're referring to here: um, Aper and J- both Jake had video game stats at Lincoln Lane, crazy. And I'll get to Aper's stats here in a second. But when Ingold, so while Aper ended up getting drafted, we're skipping ahead a little bit. Ingold went to Middle Ten. And had solid stats, but not, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. It wasn't, not, it wasn't like the video game numbers that he had. No, it wasn't. It was, you know, somewhere in the mid-twos with like a handful of bombs and like probably some solid defense. But do you think you, you think in your head – yeah, I always wondered, did you regret not going ever? Is there any party that looks back and like, I wish I would have experienced that? The way that my life turned out, no. You know what I mean? Like as, a, as an adult, as a human, the mm-hmm. way it turned out, no. But – uh. I don't know, man. I never regretted it because what I what the coach himself told me was if you get life changing money in the draft, go. you would be a fool to turn it down. Right. Yeah. We're not he said this to me. We're not the SEC. We're not the Big Twelve. You come here, you're gonna have to do exactly what you did last year. Yeah. If you want that if you wanna get to where you are again, you gotta do it you gotta do it all over again. Against better a lot Sun Belt Conference. Yeah, not a slouch. Right, not no slouch. You're not. You're and not it wasn't. Seeing. You know, I, I still bet on myself. I still gambled on myself. So I don't regret my decision because, I, in my mind, in my parents' mind, my family's mind, I got life changing money. Yeah, I didn't turn it down for so. sure. But yeah, I, 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 I think I probably would have got exposed earlier. Interesting. Truthfully. Yeah, it's an interesting thought. What's all right, now we're getting to a part. So, that. yeah, I mean, we're we're Sorry. still kind of in the recruitment process, really. Yeah, I mean, sure. like, sophomore year, you know, I had – after that, you know, after I committed to Middle Tennessee State really early, I ended up having, like, North Carolina State calling, Memphis calling. Like I was going to ask that schools because – started calling after that. Middle 10 is, like, a good school for sure. Mm-hmm. But for someone that is – I guess you hadn't won the Junior College Player of the Year yet. But I would imagine that kind of a player can write his ticket pretty much where he wants to go in a lot of ways. Or have a lot – I would just think that some bigger D1s would become sniffing around. And like you just said, that they were. Yeah, I think it probably – I probably could have blown it up a little bit more had sure. I been open to it. But I was oh – man, I'm going to Middleton. Yeah, State. you're happy and like – Yeah. That also I think takes pressure off you. Once, nor, once I turned down North Carolina State, I think that – I think those coaches probably talk. Sure. And I just kind of ceased after really? that. Yeah. Interesting. I Once I let it be known to, you know, your st- ACC school that I was going to the Sun Belt instead of an ACC school. Yeah, they were like, are this kid serious about his commitment? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Mm-hmm. All right. So was that beneficial for you to have that signed? And, like, yeah. at the very least, you have a terrible year. You're – you're still a D1 player. You got a scholarship. You got somewhere to go. I was going to play with my buddy too. I mean, going to play with yeah. your buddy Jake. Yeah, I was. Uh, I was. Yeah, I was. I was very happy with it. Yeah. I mean, I, I I fell in love with the campus when I was there. So you know, when we toured, when we visited, it was. We stayed, you know, with some with some of the guys on the team. We went out that night. 
you know, it was got to meet all the guys, got to kind of see what night, you know, Friday, Saturday night looked like at Middle sure. Tennessee State. Yeah. It wasn't overwhelming. There was no frat row. There was no crazy, yeah. just a bunch of southern rednecks, you know, playing ball together. And yeah. I felt like that was something I wanted to experience. Sure. Um, you know, so, yeah, it was it was a relief for sure. I mean, again, it's kind of like that whole timeline thing where, you know, kind of junior year, going like, Senior year, you should know in high school, like in my mind, it's like you should know where you're going. Yeah. Sophomore year, dude, you better be able to go play and, and not have to worry about posting numbers. Because yeah. I knew I had a good year, you yeah. know. It wasn't like I was worried that I wasn't going to be able to do it again or better. Yep. But I knew, like, you know, you can't come in and do worse yeah. without being signed because yep. then what's going to happen? Yep. I signed in the fall of my last year at Lincoln, and it was a relief for me, yeah, too. Yeah, it was early like, in the fall not, for me, Like, too. all right, that's over with. Cool. Yeah. The day that they came to Middle Tennessee State came to watch us in a showcase, dude. I had probably like the day of my life too, in the fall at least. I dude went off. I mean, I I threw uh the we put a doubleheader in Rensselaer, Indiana. First game I was like like four for four with a bomb and three doubles or something crazy like that. Just yeah. four lasers. Next game I yeah. throw like three innings on the mound and the last pitch I ever threw was ninety four off the bump and like the next day they called me they're like, Hey, here's our offer. Do you accept? I'm like, Yes for sure and they're like, Okay, don't pitch anymore. <laughs> You're done. You're done. <laughs> I was like, Hey, pitching. my last pitch was ninety four. He's like, Cool, hang your hat on that. Don't throw again. And I didn't. <laughs> but I didn't forever you had ninety four on your last bud. pitch, man, ninety four. <laughs> Never let it go. Okay. Here we go. I've been itching to get to this part of the podcast the whole time. And it is the bonkers season that you had of 2013. My boy here ended up being the junior college player of the year. And I'm going to read these stats out to you guys, and then I'm going to put a little inflection on them or some ideas. But these are truly video game stats if you put the video game on easy and just beat the shit out of the other team. Um, (laughs) When I interviewed uh bull ron riggle he said this is the most dominant offensive season he has ever seen in baseball cool thing to hear from your former coach right <laughs> yeah yeah that one made me tingle when he That's said awesome, that man. so um so in a, in a junior college season you get about 200 at bats so let's just run through them here that's 58 games that's he scored 82 runs 17 doubles 12 triples 17 home runs 55 RBIs, 52 stolen bases. That's still crazy to me. Uh, 462 average, 540 on base, 904 slugging. Let me go one step further here. So not everyone is going to understand what a college season looks like So, or understand those stats. So let's just say a major league season is going to be about, if you're playing the whole year, it's about 600 bats. I tripled all of his some of his stats to, so that you could have context. That would be like he scored 246 runs. That would be like 36 doubles, 51 homers, 165 RBIs, and 156 stolen bases. It sounds ridiculous. <laughs> Obviously, it never happened. Not sustainable. But it, well, no. I, hey, I sustained it for 58. That's all but I needed. Truly, a season for the ages and. You know, one of the greatest junior college seasons of all time. Your career was unmatched. Um, you know, one of the only, one of two, Justin being the only other uh, Lincoln Land Community College player to win Junior College Player of the Year. You're in rare air there. What is going on this this year? How, 
what kind of what did that feel like that is domination to a degree that not many people can understand like what's going through your head are you just like floating like let's just start talking uh floating is a good word yeah (laughs) um man i i think dude i was just laser focused i mean i had this crazy weight on me every single day that I never wanted to express to anyone because n- nobody would understand it. I mean, I got, I mean, dude, I'm, I'm not exaggerating this. My phone is ringing every day. Scouts? I'm getting calls every day. Yeah. I'm getting, I'm I'm spending, I'm skipping homework some nights to fill out questionnaires for 32 MLB teams. Is this feeling less fun and more heavy now or it just became more real. Yeah. I mean, and that, that feeling was heavy. The pressure was then real yeah. because now I'm thinking like, okay, I've got all these great, amazing people that have helped me get here. Now I'm this close, dude. Now I can't stop. I can't let them down. I got to give them something to be proud of. Yeah. Like got to give them something to be like, I know that guy. And like, yeah. I took that. Yeah, you're feeling the so pressure of your family, your friends, your teammates. Man, for no reason. For no reason. I, I have people, people that would love me and, and care for me just the same if I had never put on a baseball uniform. Sure, which but I'm it's so lucky. Yeah. But for me personally, I wanted so badly to do it for everyone to be able to say, I know that guy. Like yeah. for whatever reason, like that was that was my thing. I get it. I totally get I, it. Maybe like I said, I don't know, maybe that was an ego driven thing, but like I wore that so heavy. Um just to because none of it seemed real uh and i don't think anybody from lincoln really you know thinks that those are real or or, or any small town you know those yeah. things don't really seem that attainable and i'm doing it i'm feeling it i'm getting You're those calls it. i'm filling out those questionnaires and it was a nightly thing man and it was just one of those things where like i was so scared to do bad mm-hmm. because what if my phone stops ringing mm-hmm. what if those cross checkers aren't coming anymore yeah what if when they do come I shit the bed and they don't call back. So every game, dude, I'm like, this is it. This is it. Dude. You're like playing for your life. This is it. This is everything that you ever dreamt of. They're here. Did that work for you, though? They fe- It obviously did. Yeah. It obviously I mean, did. Numbers, that pressure obviously formed a diamond with you. I mean, it was tough, man. It really was. It was tough to be... Oh, scouts every day. Yeah, your practices at your games. You yeah, know. I mean, there's a lot a, of money on the line. I was a high-strung, emotional guy. Mm-hmm. I mean, I just loved the game so much that uh, I just I felt the weight of every at bat, dude. Because every time I stepped in the box, I felt like I could change the game, no matter what was going on. If it Powerful. was a close game, I could I could walk, steal second and third, yeah. standing up, and you, I was going to score. You truly somehow. were a terror. You know, Not only were you hitting bombs, but you were stealing bases. So it was and like... I wanted everybody to know it, too. <laughs> I wanted everybody to know it. Not, you know, like my, my math teacher, but, like, dude, if you didn't have our colored uni on with our logo, like, I wanted you to remember that you played against me. Like, I love that. They got – because, dude, you remember, oh, this guy's committed to whatever. Like, he's probably not even that good. And then he would go right. over that day. And you're like, see, he sucks. Right. Overrated. I wasn't going to let a single person leave the park uh-huh. and be like, they're going to feel you. Yeah, he's not that good. I wasn't going to let anybody do that, dude. <laughs> because if they did, I was like, well, you got to see me again later in the year. Just remember that. Yeah. You know? And that was just my mindset, man. It was like, this isn't a fluke. No. That that you know f- little four fifteen average my freshman year with eleven bombs that's not a fluke little like four fifteen come back and you know see me next year, 
was was really my thing and, and but again though you know i was fueled by i was fueled by the fear of the phone drying up i was fueled by the fear of them to stop calling yeah you know truthfully really interesting yeah. i it was just so surreal to me like i was so hooked on that feeling of like they want you dude yeah go prove it go I mean, go make it worth it what you know? what is your mindset this year where you're stepping in the box are you just Kill like him. Yeah, like you have Kill nothing. Him. You have nothing for me to like. You're when this picture is out there, like you got nothing. Like nothing, dude. I I can't imagine <laughs> these these numbers it, are just. You know, again, I, I I still you know, I was I was pretty pretty cocky. I would say on the field. Yeah, but I just explained why it was because like I wasn't. I you know I knew who was good on the other team. Yeah, I knew they knew who was good on our team for sure. And I wasn't gonna let anybody leave the field and say like that number three really wasn't that good. I got him out. I dude, I probably struck out five times both year like combined in Lincoln Land. That was the one stat I did not. So I had a hard time printing out your Lincoln Land stats. So I had to write some of them. I did not for some reason transfer those over. So I just didn't. I'll I wasn't take your let word for it. Yeah, be better than me. I, I love just wasn't it. gonna do it. Yeah, man. Okay, so that year ends and you're getting all this scout attention. What what what's going on next? And obviously the draft is coming up. Did you play uh, sliders or anything like that in between, or just waited? I just after the season. I I made the mistake of not really doing anything. I should have I should have been because it came back to to haunt me really. The so our season got done like you know early May. We got the the region twenty four tournament mm-hmm. uh, here in town and. Got done with that. Just was crushed, man. Like we we didn't go as far as we wanted to. We didn't run it up like we wanted to. Like the the stallions run was over, and I was just, yeah. I was that was oh so I didn't heavy think about me. that. That is sad. Yeah, dude, I was crushed. You know, and uh, I you know I still worked out, still hit, was laser focused on the draft. Just had no expectations whatsoever going into the draft. Like you didn't know where you were going to zero. Be expe- I mean, I what they, are you being told? They told me all year. I mean, I had they they started off, you know. This is the inside stuff that people don't know. So please be, if you could give us some information. Yeah, it was great. funny, man. It was funny. It was started off like, yeah, 15 to 20th round. Okay. Maybe, you know, somebody takes a flyer and tries to get you cheap before that. I'm like, well, I'm not going for cheap. Oh, interesting. That was already in your head? Yeah, for sure. My agent, you know, was just like, because everybody wants to talk money. They want to know, like, what's your what's your number? You know, that's like the yeah. slang for like, can we, is it worth even talking to you? More? Right. Yeah. This is a waste of time. Put this up guy, some crazy figure. That's like, yeah, not this guy realistic. wants a million. Yeah. Yeah. Right. My agent, you know, just said, I want to, I want to go for slot. I won't, I won't consider less than the slotted amount. Right. So each pick, you know, one through 8,000 in the MLB draft has a slotted value for what that right. pick should, should earn. And they can deviate from that, right? They do. They all yeah. deviate. Yeah, right. you'll see a twentieth rounder signed for five hundred grand. But that's what your agent can refer to. Like this is what yeah. they should get. And you know, if the way that my draft process turned out, if I had better representation, my career is totally different. I firmly believe that. How so? So you know, I, I don't know if you want to go straight to draft day, or do you want to kind of just get, you know, like little by little. I'm trying to think. Um. It, it doesn't matter any direction. We can always circle back. Let's just keep so going with this let's, direction. They, were, they yeah. were telling me it started off. You know, I started getting I started getting flyer questionnaires. Yeah. Um. Right at the end of the fall, right at the end of the fall season, they started rolling in. 
uh, not rolling in at, uh, at all. I got one from the Red Sox first. Blair Henry was the scout's name. Cool. Um, he was in on me very early. He was the first one to come to a practice. Mm-hmm. He was the first one to call up the up the chain of command and get somebody in there, get a cross-checker in on me early. Um, and so he never really gave me like a projection type deal. He wasn't like, I think we can get you in this round. But then they started to. So like after I got this agent, so I, the Red Sox reached out to me first. And I think that that scout and my agent somehow maybe had like known each other or something. And that's how the agent found me. Mm-hmm. So I get, you know, the, the questionnaire and meet the scout for the first time. And then, uh, then I meet this agent and probably, like I said earlier, maybe a month and a half, two months later, all of a sudden, dude, I'm getting them from left and right. Like they're coming in all over the place. And, you know, they kind of talked to the agent a little bit and the agent at first was telling me, you know, probably 15 to 20. Um, and then my name started getting out there and we go down south in March to play in like our opening tournament. Mm-hmm. Not tournament, but opening series down in Florida, and I got scouts at every game. Yeah. At that, you know, I I filled out all the questionnaires for all 32 teams from November till March. So I was in the pipeline, everybody's pipeline. I'd filled out the actual like M I the MLB official like draft report thing that you've got to fill out and like give your, you know, your physical and all that stuff too. I'd filled that out, so I knew I was like. I didn't ever know. I'm going to say no. Like, I knew. I knew there was a chance I could get drafted. At no point did I ever expect to go in the sixth round. Let me just say that. At no point. Really? Even, even on draft day, I didn't expect it. I just, okay. It just didn't seem real. There was, like, no way. Yeah. Like, I'm I'm not going to allow myself to think this is going to happen just to be that dud that goes in the 40, 40th it's round. A, seriously, a, a, a tale as old as time that these scouts, you know, fill your head. Like, you're going top ten and, like, you go 30 or you don't get drafted or you sign free agent. Like there's a lot of BS scouts will, will tell you. Would would you agree with that? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, I was just too bought into what I was trying to do and what I was trying to accomplish. I was like, you know, if I get all in on this and then it doesn't happen, I'm going to be crushed and I can't be crushed because I'm still going to be a D one baseball player next year. So it can't hurt me that bad. Right. I got to keep that in my mind. So I'm like, all right, I might, I might get drafted. You right. know, well, then we go down to Florida to start the season, and I went off. I mean, I went off. I yeah. came back probably the first week, and I was hitting like <laughs> six fifty with a couple bombs. You know, probably like ten bags after the first week. Yeah, and that's the best comp you're gonna face all year, for sure. At least Juco. until you know everybody's polished at the end of the year, sure. and you're in the tournament, deep tournament time. That's the that's the best. Yeah, the best you're gonna see all year. Yeah. So then I start getting cross checkers and stuff like that. And my agent's a little bit more involved at this time. And he's starting to hear, you know, after that first week, they come see me take in and out. They watch my arm. Now I'm starting to be a five tool guy. Like legit, yeah. they're calling me a five tool guy. Indeed. So now it's like, well, man, I mean, they're talking, you know, anywhere from like the second or third to maybe like the 10th, 10th round. I'm like, that's a different ball game. And that's real money. Now we're talking life changing money at this yeah. point, you know, real money. So, you know, Again, I'm just not letting myself even believe that it's that it's happening. I'm just like, no way. Like, I got to keep proving myself. Got to keep proving myself. I'm hitting every day. My hands are bleeding. I've got, you know, I'm just like grinding, dude. Just grinding. Like, this is not a fluke. There's right. no way that this is a fluke. I cannot let this be a fluke. And, uh, you know, as the year goes on, and I'm 
just lighting it up, dude. And it's like now they're like, you're going to be a second to fifth round pick oh my for gosh. sure. Like, no doubt. And now we're talking hundreds of thousand dollars. Yeah. And I'm like, thousands. no way. No way, man. No shot. That's me. Like, I'm from Lincoln. I'm not getting drafted. Like, just kind of kept using that as like, stay humble, dude. Stay yeah. humble, dude. You're, you're from grounding. Lincoln. This isn't going to happen to you. And, uh, yeah, I mean, by the end of it, dude, I had probably 15 to 20 teams national cross checkers, which is like the last straw of like that you're seriously on their draft board. I mean, yeah. I was on it majority of the team's draft board how do you block out that pressure in games when there's just like scouts everywhere and they don't they're not even subtle about it that's the thing that kills me too is like they don't care they'll show up in a freaking miami marlins uniform dude <laughs> they'll come with cleats on that say like i'm a scout on the back that's perfect they bring like a radar and dude you don't even pitch nobody else on my team's even getting looks from pro teams like ingold was a little bit you know sure but it was just uh Man, I this is gonna sound so weird, but I watched a video on YouTube and I was like, dude, probably like sophomore, junior in high school, and it was Evan Longoria, and he was talking about like nerves in game and how to just kind of keep yourself like centered and and in the now type deal. And he mm -hmm. said that he would always step out and look at the left field foul pole. He would look at the top of the left field That's foul pole. Center. His He's grounding. like. You can go anywhere in the world. You can play in any stadium, any arena, any field, any whatever, and there's always going to be a top of the left field foul pole. Oh, yeah. There may not always be the third light on the row, lights on the right field line, but there's always going to be a top of the left field foul pole. So, man, I would literally just step out in between pitches every at-bat. Either I was launching the first pitch because I didn't want to hang around because I was just like, let's get this over with. Yeah. Like, these dudes are freaking me out watching me like this. Or – I'm like big time inhale, exhale, lock. Like I'm not even looking at Coach Riggle for signs. I am looking at the top of the left field foul pole. Yeah. And that was just my centerpiece, dude. That was like what just kept me grounded. That's um, great. Yeah, that's great. I mean, it was just. I heard people talking about like looking at the logo on their bat. Like yeah. there's all kinds of stuff like that. Similar type yeah. ways to ground your mind. You do that with the pitch clock now. That's why I'm not a fan. <laughs> but. That was my kind of thing. I was like, come, you know, kind of get centered. Yeah, I love step that. Step out. You know, it's going to be there. Advice. Um, there weren't many Ofer games. I can't. Imagine. I don't know that there were any. Were there any games yeah. that I didn't get a hit? Seriously, but those one for because, dude. I mean, there was a good majority of the season where if I don't go two for four, my batting average goes down. That and is crazy for like the about, first yeah. half, maybe three quarters of the season. If I do go two for four, my batting average goes down. How are you getting pitched? Didn't matter, dude. Didn't matter. Because Did eventually matter. you're going to probably try and throw one over the plate. Got to. And you're not going to walk me four times. I'm the leadoff guy. I'll big, steal second and third every time. Big Daddy was ready. I didn't, I didn't <laughs> miss, man. It was, like Biggie said, it was all a dream. Oh, man. Honestly, that's, though, man. like perfect. I would hit balls that would just not seem real. Like, yeah. I would hit them, and my pimp job was just not even look. Straight up, I would hit a bomb, dude. And I would just go head down, just pimping Cadillac. You know that's gone. You know that's gone. I don't even gone. need to know where. I don't it, even look give at it. Hey, slight, I've done this so many times. I don't slight even care peek to look before at you it. hit first base, just to check and make sure, you know, <laughs> just to see if it went in the trees or not. But uh, yeah, it was a it was a dream, man. I was. Man. It seemed easy. I mean, it wasn't because you know not many guys were doing what I was doing, but 
How much fun was that season? If you if you had to pick a season that was like you know, so that's two questions. Let's say how much fun was this season? That sophomore season, you mean? Yeah. Well, little did I know, at the time, it meant more to me. It means more to me now than it did to me then, because that was the last time that I played meaningful team baseball. Careless, not self-absorbed, self-centered, mm-hmm. stat guy baseball. It was the last time I got to do that. Gotcha. And I didn't. Once I got into pro ball, I didn't know how much that meant to me. You know, I didn't know how much. I didn't know. I didn't realize fully how motivating it was to win the game. Yeah. Take that part out of it. Just really wasn't able to get that fired up for myself. Dude, you've dropped some awesome nuggets of knowledge. I <laughs> I really hope someone listens to this. <laughs> hey man, my parents will. <laughs> Mine too. <laughs> <laughs> no, but seriously though, man, that was the last team driven and that's what baseball is, man. As individual as it is, you need every guy to win the game. Yeah. You need that right fielder that's 0 for his last 65 to make that play in right field yeah. and throw that guy out Still at third show base. Up for sure. Yeah, man. And, and, I mean, dude, I played on, like, the worst of the worst minor league teams. <laughs> the Miami Marlins, when I played for them, had the worst minor league system, blatantly, that you could assemble. I mean, top to bottom, dude. Every every level lost. Once Yelich and Ozuna and Marisnik and Real Muto, once those guys got into the show, which was my first my draft year, once they moved up, dude, no level one games. No like shit. they won a, they won the 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 ring and double A that year in Jacksonville, and then like <laughs> we were like thirty first, thirty second, and everything. Man. Yeah, I mean. Just you know, imagine a imagine the spirit around an organization where you're collectively winning like, yeah, a yeah. third of the games that every other organization's yeah. winning. Absolutely. Imagine the the spirit. Imagine the just the overall mood. It's yeah. like, dude, everyone here sucks, yeah. but we didn't. We're all yeah. still pro athletes. I know, but like, there's also like a strange thing in minor league ball. Please correct me if I'm wrong, but uh, essentially, it's it's not all about winning, right? In minor league ball, it's Dude, about it means nothing. I mean, it it's cool because you get a ring, you right. get the the story. Like, yeah, I want a ring in a ball in '96. You know, it's like, about advancing players. Dude, it's about advancing like one or two guys. Yeah, <laughs> you can't even realistically think that you're going to move up like a chunk of a good team because yeah. you're not. Right. You're going to pick a pitcher or two off during the year, yeah. and you're going to get maybe a hitter or two at the end. Like, how are we doing on time for you? You good? Yeah. I'm all right. I'm. Let's keep rolling then. Cool. Um, I really want to get to this because I think there's cool shit here. Um, you did some like pre-draft camps and stuff, right? Or yeah, go yeah, and try out did, some places. Uh, mm-hmm. All right, the one some I, of the coolest experiences of my life. Yeah, dude. let's go because I know there's this is where there's some really cool stories. Yeah, these were. Uh, can you tell us about those? Yeah, I'm just trying to think of the the order chronologically here. So I think I did Miami's first. Okay. I went down to Marlins Park. They f- they flew us down. My dad and I, they put us in a hotel. That's so cool. We're in Little Havana. It was you not must that have cool. Feel like this is some big time real shit, or no? Yeah, I mean yeah. that was so that was after the season got over. Okay. So instead of like going and playing games, I'm 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 dude traveling, yeah. going to showcases. I'm doing this. I'm doing that. Uh-huh. I'm meeting people at Arby's in the South Side of Chicago. Like meeting cross checkers with the Cubs and the White Sox. It little restaurants in chicago like yeah um but the first one i did was miami 
Um, it's the worst one I, did, I had out of all of them. I left there, and I'm like, there is no shot the Marlins take me. Did not hear a single peep from one person within the organization after the pre-draft. Did you not have a good day down there? I had an okay day. Uh, I didn't hit very well. I had never, obviously, been on, on the field in a major league stadium, let alone tried to perform. Tell me what that's like. Totally insane. And Marlins <laughs> Park is pretty pretty cool. It's pretty big. Yeah. It's like, you know. Yeah. And uh, Was that when they had the huge monument out there yeah. left? It was yep. like they took it was, dude. I, I I had just never seen a ball with that big of a backdrop enclosed behind yeah. it. I mean, I, I dude, I was like struggling to hit BP because it was just. I mean, I had to like take the first two because I'm like, right. dude, I'm used to like wide open field, yeah. backfield, Lincoln land like a status. Green backst- yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Batter's eye. Like, dude, if it was <laughs> it was like a great day if you had a batter's eye. Yeah, you know, right. I got, now I got a hundred foot wall <laughs> padded out here with a massive jumbotron that they had like lit up during yeah. the showcase. But it was uh, one of the coolest things that happened to me probably in the entire pre-draft process was. Uh, down in Miami, actually. So, like I said, I, I, I mean, I didn't do terrible. I, I threw really, really well. Um, I threw really well that day. Give me the number. I don't think they had Velo, but I know that they ranked me, like, on the 80 scale. They ranked me an 80. Yeah, so for you that don't know, scouts have a scale that goes up to 80, 80 being the top, correct? Yeah. yeah. For your tools. So, they're ranking, you know, your, your speed, your arm, your average, your power, your fielding, and – being graded at the top is a big deal. You get yeah. an 80. So my official numbers, like pre-draft, I had nothing on my card less than like a 60. Whew. So you've got power, contact, speed, arm strength, and defensive yeah. like capabilities. Yeah. yeah. I think that my power was 60 and everything else was at like a 70. Whew. And my arm was yeah. an 80. And Yeah. So I'll, I'll let you tell your number here in a little bit. But – Okay, so so I so I, I go down there. It's like one of the coolest experiences that I had. Just a, just a personal kind of thing. Yeah, um, yeah. They have us run the sixty, okay. and they you know they. It was pretty apparent to me that they were fly. they were pairing you with who they thought you would be equal to. Okay, cool. Speed wise, yeah. So they put me with the catchers. What? They put me with the catchers. I thought all the outfielders ran together. I'm confused. And like my number and got called out. You just stole fifty something bases. No clue, man. <laughs> all the outfit I watched all the outfielders go down and run because we like hit in groups, and I thought it was weird. Maybe it was just because I was like a late addition or something. I don't know, but like yeah. I hit in a group with like several outfielders and some catchers. Um, and then when they called people down to run, I'm watching all the outfielders run together. I'm like, dude, I'm, I'm an outfielder. Like I, I had a moment where I was like, I should go down there. Yeah. But like I wasn't included in that group. Like you had a little, you know, little name tag with a group number or whatever. And so I go down with the catchers, and, dude, I mean, completely dusted two guys. Like, wasn't even close. Like, I think my first one was like a – I think I ran like a 6-4-6, six, six, and I was mad. Came back, ran against a catcher again, ran like a 6-4-3, and then they were like circled back, like brought some dude back, like another outfielder that I guess was the fastest. Mm-hmm. I ran against him. I ran a 6-3, like 6. That is flying. Against this guy, and – uh you know, shook their minor league coordinator's hand and kind of got some attention there and then left. Never heard another word from the minor yeah, For those of you that don't know, 6'3 is like top of a top of top flight speed in the major leagues for sure. Yeah, I was cruising. Um, so then I go to Cincinnati uh, to Great American. Okay. Um, it was a really cool moment, you know, kind of a personal connection there with my mom living outside of Cincinnati yeah, for a little while. Sure. 
my mom got to come you know we got to go down on the field i watched numerous games there when i lived in cincinnati we would go to the park and watch you know any cup series we would get like tickets for the series so yeah i had been there from the stands many many times it was just a really cool moment you know to have like my mom be there in cincinnati like right outside of where you know we kind of went through this whole like life altering thing um it's like a full circle moment for me for sure didn't really even do didn't really do that well either it was super windy in cincinnati that day um i actually took probably one of my better rounds of bp did really everything okay the wind was in our face and i ran like a high six four like a six four eight six mm-hmm. five one mm-hmm. so i was mad about that sure. um but literally it was like 30 mile an hour winds like directly from the right field pool to the left field mm-hmm. and we were running from the left field line past second base so you're sp- sprinting a wall of wind but we did live ab's at the end interesting uh this was the only showcase that i went to that they did live ab's and dude i got lit up like, <laughs> I, I wasn't sure how you're gonna say I that i thought you were about to say i hit a bomb <laughs> no i faced this kid from appalachian state man and he was only like 88 92 and dude i saw a handful of 88 92 my entire juco career yeah heavy sink good slider i mean dude just dice me up like three times in a row i'm like <laughs> That's not good. Guess I'm not going to be a red. Uh, yeah, but it was funny because I stayed in really close contact with the Reds. Like they were still cool. They were like, "Yeah, man, you haven't played in a couple of weeks. Like we get it. It's yeah. cool. Whatever." I'm like, nice. Thank you. Sure. Um, so really, what what my mindset was in in this whole thing was go where my agent felt like I had the quickest, the the best opportunity to advance quickly. Interesting. Cincinnati. Miami, right? Not ended up really strong program. I did the Cubs as well. That's you know was the pinnacle of my baseball career. Probably was was doing the one at Wrigley. We're getting on that. You're not. We're not skipping past that. No, no, not at all. Um, but yeah, the Cincinnati one was great. So I, I you know, like I said, personal connection there with my mom. Did okay. Um, nothing, nothing that I was too happy with. No. Uh, and then I and then I went to to Wrigley. Got invited to Wrigley. The scout who's since passed, Stan Zelensky. Um, was very high on me um, throughout the entire sophomore my entire sophomore season. I talked with Stan and Blair Henry um, and Derek Lee with the Texas Rangers. Those were the three scouts that I was speaking to on a weekly basis. Okay. Um, so Stan really pulled for me, man. He knew I was a Cubs fan. We had met for dinner one time in Springfield, and uh, just him and I. Uh, and just you know sat down chopped it up for a while and he could kind of sense my passion he he was obviously you know I told him I was a huge Cubs fan it'd be like such an honor to play for the Cubs and he was really bought into me as a player uh so I go up to Wrigley and uh truly man yeah what I just tr- truly I'm getting tingles just thinking about this for you you grew up and a it's Cubs something fan, I right? yeah I die hard man my dad and I die hard Cubs fans gosh um it's just it was just one of those things, man, where the totality of the of the my baseball career was like it was that moment where everything like flashed before me. Like I yeah. I remember, you know, coming through the Cubs clubhouse, you oh, know, I, I well, I remember coming in through the players entrance really thinking like, man, like I've been to Wrigley so many times and I've always wondered where do the players come in at? Yeah. It was like always something that came into my mind. Like I always wondered that as a kid. And here I am, you know, cleating up, 
walking right through the the front office there. The friendly confines. I'm in the clubhouse. I'm in the. I'm looking at the the weight room. I'm looking at you know. I don't even remember who's. I was so just like captivated by the whole thing. Yeah, I don't remember all. like what stood out to me most at first, but man, uh, again, pretty windy day, pretty chilly. My dad and I got really good tickets to the Cubs game the day before, so got to watch a game from like the sixth row and then go go do it the next day. Could go you be on sleep the field. that night knowing that you were going to do man, that the next it was, day? It was tough, dude. <laughs> My dad and I stayed in this really cool hotel in Wrigleyville. Uh, and the game sucked the day before. It was really cold and wet, and I was scared I wasn't going to get to, uh, you know, get to do it. Yeah. Cleared up. Wind was able to kind of, you know, dry out the outfield and everything, so it, so it all lined up. But, man, I just remember, like, sitting there, put my cleats on in the dugout, like, getting ready to walk out. And I had, like, my a lot of my family's from Chicago, mm-hmm. and they don't really let – like people come into that type of stuff, but like if your family, like, what are they gonna say no? Sure. So they're like, yeah, we're that's our cousin right there on the field, so we're gonna come in and watch. So I had like my whole family there, dude. All my Chicago crew was up there, and uh, dude threw so well. I mean, the ball came out of my hand and it felt like I had thrown a pebble. I mean, it was like the lightest. There's a difference between like college balls and pro balls. Uh-huh. They they're a little bit bigger. The seams are a little bit s- smaller. Yeah. So the ball kind of runs around on you a little bit. You really got to get good backspin as an outfielder. Otherwise, you're going to get that sure. tail. And I kind of experienced that issue a little bit at the other pre-drafts because I'd never thrown a pro ball before. I'd never felt that. Right. So I get to Chicago. had a little bit better idea. Was like really, I, I'd stolen some from the other pre-drafts, so I was only playing catch with pro balls, just yeah. trying to get that backspin right. And, uh, man, dude, that day in Chicago, man, it, it everything had just clicked, dude. I remember making – you know, you do your, your three throws a second, like where they give you at an angle and you got to get around it, dude. And I remember running for the first ball. Um, and I, I don't know if the guy like hit it hard or it surprised me or something, but he, I, I, I had to backhand it, which as a center fielder, you should never be backhanding a baseball. Yeah. Um, and, dude, I just took like a little two-step shuffle and threw this ball from pretty straight away right center field. Like – right on the money at second base, which I always struggle with the first throw to second because I was always so pumped up to yeah. get infield outfield. Easy to overthrow that one. Dude, put it right on the money. All three of my throws to second. You know, I go backhand once. I get out and around forehand once. And then they hit like a fly ball for some reason to, to second base. They want to see your arm to second base. All three of them right on the money. Like, dude, like on the back. Yeah. So already I'm like, ooh, like accuracy's there today. Okay. Wings feeling good. Wings feeling good. Go to third. They put some in, you know, a little bit deeper. Uh, dude, just three absolute missiles of third base. And then the home, dude, I mean, the last throw that I made to home, like I did the whole, like, fireman's roll, like just yeah. – Everything like, you had? Listen, man, I'm here. Theo Epstein's right there. Oh, shit. Theo's watching? I'll get to that. Okay. <laughs> but, yeah, Theo Epstein's right there. Yes. Like, bro, I'm letting this one eat. Mm-hmm. And I hucked it. And, like, you know when you're – standing there and you hear in like an empty stadium and a pitcher is thrown to his catcher and you hear that pop and oh, it just yeah. echoes. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'd made that throw and made that pop from like pretty deep right field <laughs> and uh, just was like totally blown away by it. So then, you know, after your infield outfield, whatever they, they call you up, you get ready for your hitting groups. And like I said, Theo Epstein was there. The whole front office was there on the field and Stan Zelensky, the scout comes over, grabs me, walks me over to Theo Says, Mr. Epstein, I want to introduce you to your center fielder of the future. <laughs> and I'm like, 
<laughs> looking around and, and wow. Theo looks at me. He's That's like, crazy. oh, yeah. He's like, center field of the future. I was like, man. I said, if you and I both get lucky, I'll be the center field of the future. <laughs> and uh, he's you like, I like the Theo. Yeah. I said, if you and I both get lucky, I'll be the center field of the future. That is amazing. He laughed. He's like, I like that. I was like, man, I was like, this is incredible, man. I was like, thank you for doing this, like for putting this on, for being here. I was like, this is truly a dream come true. He was like, no, man, you've showed really well so far. It's like, I'm really, really happy you came. Thanks for making the trip. He's like, uh, I like, I like what I've seen. And dude, like I'm aware of everything at this point. Sure. Nobody else talked to Theo Epstein that day. Wow. Nobody talked to Theo Epstein that yeah. day. And I can't imagine he's down there talking to possible Nobody. draft I mean, picks. He's just got his little black sunglasses on, you know, posted up behind the shell, just yep. watching the whole thing, taking it in. So we go to take BP. And nope. Give me the Velo. Give us the Velo. I think I was 90, like 97 that day. 97, <laughs> 98. I, they did have a gun on us. Uh, one of my throws to third was... was Zuka. One of my throws to third was 97, 98. And then they didn't register the fireman's throw for some reason. It didn't register, but I I feel like that was probably a hundred. I mean, if I had to guess what a hundred felt like, knowing what ninety seven and ninety eight felt like, that was probably a hundred. Like it was the throw of my life for sure. Not, it was one of the best throws of my life yeah. definitely. Um, That's so cool. So we we go, you know, we're getting ready to take BP and uh, the guy throwing BP. Well, all the like the coaches, the people that are there, kind of running the thing. They're all standing around, and the guy's like, "Hey, you know, you know, pretty windy day." If you're a power guy, like let's just see gap to gap. Like we don't, you know, we're not expecting anybody to hit any any anything out. You know, don't don't let it affect your rounds. Just like, you yeah. know, plug the gaps, get good backspin. Like we're just looking for good swing, good contact, stuff like that. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, okay, I'm not really like I wouldn't really consider myself a power guy, bro. I come up like my first four or five swings. I'm like, tenth row of the bleachers, Parking eighth up. row of the bleachers. Oh man, over the bleachers. First row, of like I'm just hitting nukes, dude. I'm I'm just so fired Does up. Does it feel cool to hit bombs in Wrigley? Oh my my family is in the left field bleachers. What a moment! Like For all chasing these balls that I'm hitting. Did they get some of them? Oh yeah. Oh man. Oh yeah. That's we probably got all of them, That's dude. Amazing. Honestly. Yeah. Yeah, but. Man. You know, so I, I I hit, dude. This is the best showcase I ever had. I, I hope you had like a moment where you were like, this. You know, took it in and like yeah, this is oh what's yeah. I stole. Right I took ivy off the wall and everything. Put wow. it in a bag. That's beautiful. Took dirt off the off the warning yeah. track in the outfield. Yeah. I mean, I did it all, man. I had my dad come down. One of my, you know, a picture that will be at my funeral for sure is is two of them. The one of my mom and I in Cincinnati on the field, and the one of my dad and I on wow. the field in Wrigley. I mean, That's cool. Like through this whole time, it's easy to talk about. But, like, those two moments are the ones that, like, really get you choked up. It's not, you know, draft day was cool. It was life-changing. Got to experience it with my friend, my, with my mom, my dad there together. But, like, those two moments individually for me were, like, I mean, Man. take away the draft, take away the money. It, it that I could have hung it up on that right, right. there. <laughs> for right, real. Cool. I mean, for real. The, the, the experience you. that I had, dude, and just the personal connection I had both places – could have hung it up right there. Been totally good with it. And that that BP, the rest of that round went went well. I, I dude, imagine. it was the best. It best was the BP best BP round you ever taken. I was not a good BP hitter either. I, I, think I, I didn't remember that. Like I didn't take some funky BP. I didn't show well. I was not a showcase guy. Yeah, I was not a showcase guy. Th that day was your day. It was. And Man. so you know, what I didn't realize is that really doesn't matter. It doesn't matter how how well you do because somebody because somebody can pop up and take you anyway, which is yeah. exactly what happened to me. You're right. Somebody that you had no idea could pop up and take you, and your yeah. greatest showcase 
has has no bearing on what happens. Yeah. So the last one I did was private um, with the Rangers. We went to the Thunderbolts, Windy City Thunderbolts. Oh, really? That's right. And it was just me, and they called in some random dude to to just be there. I played for the Thunderbolts back in the day. <laughs> Um, so they opened up the stadium on an off day for us, and they had a hitting coach, three cross checkers, and the area guy Derek Lee that I spoke with a lot. They kept trying to get me down to their workout in Texas. Mm-hmm. They wanted to, they wanted to like fly me down. They wanted to, you know, do some stuff that like wasn't exactly acceptable or legal, <laughs> and I didn't want any bad juju. I just told him no. I was like, I appreciate you guys doing that. They really, really wanted me to get down. And if I did, dude, I probably would have went pretty high in the draft. Honestly, really? I probably would have went higher than what I did. Yeah, if I would have went down there and showed well, they probably would have. Because they were the team that was like, dude, we want you in like third round. We want you third or fourth. But I'm like, hey. hey, man, if you want me that bad, like I'm not going to be taking risky moves here. Like, Come yeah. up and see me. You're being a little coy on the risky. Can you expound on that or no? They were just offering money. Like Interesting. for me to come down. So like the way it worked with Miami is like we had to pay for our flight and okay. we had to like pay for something. I don't know. Maybe the whole hotel room, maybe the half of it. I don't know. But they wanted to like cover it. Really? Yeah. Interesting. They wanted me down there that bad. That's some inside stuff. And I just didn't want it on my conscience, sure. man. Yeah. Didn't want the juju. Um, and I and I just said to the guy, man, I was like, come up here. I'll yeah. be in Chicago. I'll be at Wrigley on on Saturday. He said, "We'll be there. At, we'll figure something out. We'll be there Sunday." So they, they literally just call in some random kid to like run against me, really? like shag my beat, like get my BP. <laughs> like I shagged for him too because they wanted to see like live yeah. action. So like yeah. I literally went and played center field for this kid while he was hitting BP. Really? Like I and I, dude, tracking them down, like yeah. making plays. Like I laid out a couple times, okay, and, and make like some nice plays. Yeah. Um. You know, hit hit pretty well. Launched a few balls at that park there, and um, felt felt really good about the Texas Rangers. Um. So, like, gun to my head, who's drafting me at this point? I'm saying Boston Red Sox. Yeah. Cubs, Rangers, for not, sure. Not Marlins. Not Marlins, dude. And this is all within a couple weeks, right? Yeah. This is like a three-week, four-week stretch. Okay. And then is there anything left before draft night? <sighs> not after Texas. Not after okay. the, the workout with the Rangers. This okay. was uh, this was like probably the last week of May, and then the draft is the first week of June. Yeah. So my birthday is June 6th. I think I got drafted on like June 4th or 5th. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, man, just hunker down. Kind of – Yeah tune out the noise like at this sure. point it's kind of becoming a talking point yeah. i think uh you know the the s the, the newspaper here in town i put out an article probably a week or two before the draft it was just kind of like look out you know for this guy mm-hmm. getting drafted maybe type thing and kind of like kind of what you did you know talked about my stats like called them video game numbers yeah. and did a cool little highlight i think it was jim rupert actually who did it who wrote the story i, like I think yeah he yeah. was, he he was a cool good job. great guy yeah um so then Time to get started to get a little buzz, you know, people yeah. are starting to reach out a little bit, you know, mm-hmm. wishing you luck or whatever. And, you know, that that was kind of where that like, you know, like the young Jeezy song put on for the city type thing came from. You know, <laughs> it was like, hey, man, here we are. Like, yeah, I'm going to give him something to be proud of. Yeah. That was my that was my whole mindset, man. It was like what really weighed on me. 
was totally external, totally irrelevant. People probably never even thought about me again. You know, I thought I was this big deal. Thought, you know, I just wanted people to have a story type yeah. of thing. You know, okay. like, oh, I went to high school with that guy. Yeah. You know? So, yeah. Um, it reminds me of the, um, is it the Ted Williams quote? He's like, I wanted to be, when I walked down the street, I wanted everyone to say, there goes the greatest hater that ever lived. Yeah, man. Shit. I would, that was me, dude. Yeah. Greatest hitter, like, yeah, all of it. That was me, for sure. Okay, so we're getting to draft day, draft night. Are you sitting around with your family? Do you have a yeah. party going? What's, what's nah, I kept me, it really low-key. It was at my apartment, um, you know, my roommate, my mom, my dad. Um, dude, it was, uh, it was wild, man. It was really, really stressful. I bet. Um, just because, you know, the, th- the third round goes – and you've been told second, third, fifth, twenty fifth, thirtieth. Yeah, you don't know. I'm not really hearing from many scouts in the first three rounds. Mm-hmm. Uh, and obviously, you know, the first rounds over with the night before, so it's yeah. like, and maybe even like the first two rounds are over the night, the mm-hmm. first night. Heard from nobody night one, and my agent always said, like, you know, if you hear night one, like, probably gonna go early day two, mm-hmm. like real early day two. I heard from nobody. Day two starts, you know, getting through the third round, getting through the fourth round. Phone starts ringing. It's the Rangers. <clears throat> They're like, they had a fourth round pick. They're like, hey, like, if they take a college arm, we're going to take you here. Will you sign? I'm like, we'll talk. Slot. Yeah. Slot value. Pass on me. Gotten heard nothing the rest of the fourth round. Fifth round starts, and that's when my phone starts going crazy. That's when I'm really? getting phone calls. I'm I'm hanging up, taking another one, hanging up, taking another one. My agent, my agent, my agent, really? this guy, that guy. And they're all just asking about signability? Yeah, yeah. Well, what's it going to take? What's your number? What's it going to take? Like, let's talk about, you know, slot of value. Was that your default slot, 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 slot? The whole time. Yeah. And again, if I have better representation, they maybe give me a different answer. Maybe I get more money. Yeah. Um, maybe it. Maybe I go earlier. Maybe they got more pull somewhere. But again, hindsight's always twenty twenty. Sure. Um, six round, man. Here we go. Six round. I'm on the phone with the Red Sox at the very start of the sixth round. They had like a middle round pick. They're like, "All right, man, one seventy three. We're gonna go above slot. We're gonna give you two seventy five. We're gonna get you out here within two days." You're going to break with your short season team. He said, we might keep you in rookie ball for a couple weeks since you haven't played. He's like, Jackie Bradley Jr.'s, you know, contract year is coming up. You got, you know, some holes to fill in the upper minor leagues. It's like, we got you here, man. Welcome to the team. 173. Pick 169. 170. 171. 172. Miami Marlins select Ryan Aper. I'm like, oh, man. Who? Who picked me? The Marlins. The Marlins. I'm like I haven't, I haven't heard from them since before the. Pre-draft. Not a word. Not a word. Isn't it funny how that goes? Not an email. Not a nothing, dude. Nothing. Wow. So they call me. My slot was two fifty four. They're like, we got one seventy five for you after they draft me. So what a lot of teams will do will say, hey man, will you take this? No. Okay. Thanks. See you probably never. The yeah. Marlins picked me. Said we got 175 for you. 
I had a deal, 25 grand above slot, the very next pick to the Red Sox. Really? Already hashed out, getting ready to literally fax me over the paperwork to sign and and be a Red Sox, to be on my way. I'm fired up, dude. Yeah. I'm like, dude, it's the Boston Red Sox. Yeah. Well, yeah. How sweet is Mookie Betts' is balling at the time? I'm like, dude. I want to play with Mookie someday. Yeah. Like, this is going to be nuts. Yeah. Miami Marlins, dude. You want to talk about. <laughs> like, honestly, though, dude, I, I just and, and that's why I say, and you, you know, you can't say that when you're getting interviewed after you're like, no. oh, my God, I'm so thankful. But in my head, I'm like, God damn. Why the Marlins? Be the Marlins? Yeah. <laughs> and then they go straight to lowball me, you know. Right. And this is supposed to be life changing money. And I kind of had in my mind, like, you know, two hundred thousand dollars. Yeah. It's life changing. And then they go 175. And I'm like, dude, right under the cutoff. Like yeah. right under what I said was life changing money. You're gonna that's your offer. Mm -hmm. So then it's literally, dude, 48 hours straight, 72 hours straight. Haglin forth. Haglin, Haglin, Haglin. I straight up told him, I'm like, I'm not signing for that. I'm going to school. Are you doing this or is this your agent? This is me. I'm okay. on the phone with their head of minor league operations. What's your agent doing? <laughs> waiting to figure out what his four percent cut was going to be you know i don't know but he was probably involved a little bit more than what i a little bit more than what i remember mm -hmm. um but yeah man i i mean i it was exhilarating it was awesome i cried a lot my parents cried a lot yeah it was very exhilarating i had like the springfield news in front of my apartment in like 20 minutes doing an interview with them you yeah. know yeah and uh Man, it was, like, really cool for a while, and then it just sucked. Really? Like, dude, I mean, imagine trying to sell yourself for an extra 50, 75 grand. Right. Like, well, why did you take me? Why didn't you ask me? I would have told you no. Yeah. I could have gone then. I, I told him so many times, I was going the next pick for 275. You can't get close to that. I'm going to school. Meanwhile, I'm like, dude, I don't want to go to school. Right, you don't want to. You're like, what a six round like, pick. I don't want to go to school. The six round pick. Right. What do you mean? Like, no right. six round pick doesn't sign. No, unless right. they get lowballed like crazy. So yeah. then, you know, I'm just haggling, dude. Going to school. Yeah. Two oh five. It was like first. It was like okay, one eighty. Like. One seventy five. In front of me, I'm not going to say it until you get to it. Yeah, I mean, it was just, dude. It was day after day, you know, or hour after hour after phone call of. Well, you know, we, we want to give this guy this money and, you know, we think that's going to help the team, which is going to help you progress. I'm like, I that's, no, that's not my care problem. about that. Yeah, yeah. That's not my problem. You can't lowball me and not even ask me about it. So they're really know. asking you to take less money for the betterment of the team. Yeah, that's ridiculous. Yeah. I mean, Marlon's way, bro. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that was my first conversation was like, we really want this high school arm. You know, he's still on the board. We want to get him next round, but he's got a big number. Like, we really think this can just help everybody coming in. I'm like nice dude good luck yeah you it's know? gonna be good for you yeah <laughs> it's gonna help you <laughs> so you know finally i was able to get them to 225 mm -hmm. my slot was 254 it was under i didn't realize that yeah my yeah. slot was 254 and some change the next pick of the red sox was like 256 and i was getting 275 from them yeah you know and again you know there's kids that are signing way later for half a million dollars yeah Kids signing earlier for a hundred grand. There's kids signing right around my pick for five grand. Yeah. So you know, I'm in the grand scheme of things, I'm like, dude, don't do this over twenty five, thirty grand. Walk away. 
Yeah. Right. But I know, but it still sucks but, to start your career off like that. And it never that was <laughs> Set the tone. that was it. Set that was my career. Shafted. Yeah, dude. <laughs> like just undersold, under yeah, just that was it. And I don't know if it was because I, I, I you know, clapped back and was like, No, I'm not taking that. I'm not I'm not gonna let you just lowball me like that. Right. But yeah, I mean it was uh it was a whirlwind, man, for sure. Definitely uh more than what I expected. I just remember being wildly overwhelmed by the whole thing. So eventually they grind you down. So we're gonna pause right as Ryan is about to get into Pro Ball and we're gonna get into that. Uh this has been an amazing talk. It went way better than I ever thought it could have. Uh so thank you guys for tuning in for this first part. We'll get to the second part here shortly. Uh Thanks again for your time. We appreciate you. Yep. All right. We're out.